Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich. That's Mike Mawson across the way. And we are here for episode 29 of this fantastic podcast for you. 29 uh, already, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, 29, 29 official, 29 in the books. We had uh, we had about eight preseason episodes, right? So That means we've awesome. bullshitted for a couple days. Right? Yeah. And we, well, hang on. Yeah, over, right? Because I mean, yeah, it's like a, two and a half. If days. we're averaging, if we're averaging two hours an episode for sure, and then all the times even before where we're like, hey, we should make a podcast out of this. Like we've been bullshitting about sports for an hour. We should have been working, right? So, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we just we just watched the Raiders uh, just mollywog the Chargers, and so I think that's uh, that's where we can start. So uh, go ahead and hit the music, Mike. I keep forgetting to to give credit, so I'll throw it in there every once in a while. That is uh, that is "Noisy Neighbors" by Alex Grohl. You can find his work on Pixabay and probably other. Uh, uh, it's what so, what's the word I'm looking for? Source open source open, open source, source music uh, outlets. So uh, so anyway, these uh, as we you know now we're talking about you know almost third upwards of thirty episodes. We're getting there, right? Um, there's going to be some. Uh, you know, we, we need that research guy to go back and be like, hey, remember when you said? But tonight I remembered as we're watching the Chargers get destroyed by, by Aiden O'Connell that uh, my preseason take, I was like, you know what? My dark horse AFC candidate, the Chargers. Hey, man. We <laughs> that, all, one, that one did not age well. We all make mistakes. Uh, it was just a few weeks ago I was telling you to watch the Detroit Pistons who – haven't won a game in like three years yeah but you know see that one though that one went from good to terrible it's almost back to it's almost back to good because, because it's almost like it is yeah, yeah because of how you know because i almost want to watch them like i mean what's the record for consecutive losses i don't, I don't know. know i think they just tied the franchise record at 21 i don't know what the nba record is i mean the bobcats won what seven games that one year so yeah, it, something like that it yeah. has to be like 28 29 i would imagine um but yeah, there's there's a certain uh, Schadenfreude element to it where like you just become so bad. Like I gotta see this dumpster fire, right? Um, but yeah, twenty eight, twenty eight, yeah. Oh wow, so the they're they're getting up there then. They're getting close. Um, but yeah, so speaking of dumpster fires and bad takes, the the Chargers. I really thought this was a team that could get over the hump. I I was right about this part because here's the thing. I always admit I admit when I'm a dumbass. I think I do a good job of that. For sure. So that way. Every once in a while, there's a take that I didn't really have out there, and I'll you know, and I'll be like, "Listen, I might not have published this, but I knew this was going to happen." You know, that way, because I'll admit when I fucked up too. You know, so uh, I fucked up here, but I was right when I said I, t- I told you the Chiefs aren't as good as everybody thinks they are, right? And they're not um, better defense than I think everybody I thought. Say, I think, but yeah. yeah, their defense is probably doing better than people would have imagined. And uh, and again, that, like Chris Jones, good thing he came back when he did, because otherwise we could be talking about the Broncos winning the division at nine and eight or something, right? So the Raiders um, making a run at six yeah, and eight right now, exactly. 
I know all these six and eight teams aren't really out of it. One of them's <laughs> going to get hot and make it in, especially in the NFC. Yeah, I mean they're all. Like, the, if you look at the NFL, it's seven and six or six and seven right now, right? As we enter week 15, just insane. Yeah, they're all over the, the parity place. is just the, crazy. The Giants are going to get hot and they're going to get in as the seventh seed, I think. <laughs> Nobody's. They got, they got the tiebreaker over the Packers. Like, they only have to win one more than the Packers and uh, keep basically keep pace, uh, you know, get past the, the rest of the NFC South teams, whoever doesn't win the division in the yeah. NFC South. And looks like they're in, right? So. Yeah. Getting back to this Raiders game for a second, eight different guys scored a touchdown tonight. First time that's happened since 1950, I guess. But 1950 Rams, like if if, you, if I told you the Rams had that record, you probably would have thought it was a different uh, different time frame. But. Yeah, for sure. So we we can uh, we can word that by saying you know first team in the Super Bowl era, so we can you know sound smart because I think that's what <laughs> intelligent people say. Yeah, yeah, you speaking. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a different like really we should probably break the Super Bowl era down into into different eras too. Maybe by maybe by commissioner because because <laughs> the Goodell era is definitely a different era of uh, you know for offenses and quarterbacking and yeah the the Tagliabue era is what I came up in. So you know I don't I couldn't name another NFL commissioner. Besides uh, so was, so was, I think uh, Tagliabue he that, succeeded. Yeah, Paul Tagliabue succeeded uh, Pete Rozelle. And Pete Rozelle sounds vaguely familiar. Was he influential? Um, I mean, I think all of them were right. I mean, the NFL, uh, and I might be wrong. There might have been another guy in there. I don't know. But but those are the three that I remember. Three names I remember. Fair enough. I mean, was Lamar Hunt one of the one of the commissioners when it like he was obviously a big deal because the Chiefs were one of the original yeah teams. Um, no, I'm pretty sure. I I don't think he was. I can only name two NBA commissioners: David Stern, Adam Silver. So. Actually, yeah. I don't think I can think of another NBA I mean, David Stern was doing it for a while, though, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, I can't think of another one there. Um, and then, what? so... It, Rob Manfred, and then it was Bud, uh, Bud Selig. And I can't think of a commissioner before him, either. And then the NHL jackass. I, I just don't even know his name, but everyone hates Batman. him. Batman. Batman, yeah. yeah. Which, it's not him anymore, is it? Or is it still? No, it still is. To the demise of NHL fans everywhere. <laughs> I mean, does anybody? I mean, that's really the commissioner's job is just to be a lightning rod for hate. But Goodell just but, does it better than anybody. But Batman, he, his thing is like Arizona, right? Like he's like, we're gonna go to Arizona, and like <laughs> Phoenix doesn't want him. Tempe can't agree on anything, and then like stadium wise, and then they're like, no, we're gonna make this work. It's funny. I mean, like you, you sort of get where he's coming from, though, because it's like, oh, you're like you're trying to expand. Because it's into, working in Vegas. Well, well, Vegas. It's working in Florida. I mean, I mean Tampa it's Bay, in Seattle. Um, yeah, between Tampa Bay and Miami, like those, you know, those franchises are doing well. Um, Atlanta didn't do so well, but whatever. Um, Nashville. Wait, wait, I guess. So weird that that stadium is right there because, like, uh, it is in a I weird think, place. I think we talked about this off air. It's just like. I stumbled across it as like, oh, like that's where a professional sports team plays. Like, okay, yeah, it it definitely doesn't have the mystique of some arenas. But anyway, uh, so when it comes to the Chargers, uh, yeah, I was I was dead wrong here, um, and I and I I think Justin Herbert just you know like the the anonymous you know the 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 dreaded anonymous GM speaking up right um, said you know weeks ago. It's like Staley's. Uh, sorry, not Staley. Uh, Herbert is a thrower. He's not a. He's not a passer. And 
you know, whatever it is with him, man, like, you know, he might have the stats and, and he's always the example we use to like, oh, the first quarterback to or he's the fastest to 80 touchdown passes. And like, again, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like in today's NFL, they don't play in the same league, you know? Right. Um, But the Chargers, it's like now, like you can't get rid of all your players, but you can get rid of your coach. And this guy has been embattled for literally years. I'm now. surprised you made it out of the locker room after halftime. <laughs> It was 42 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> to the Raiders, they just got shut out four days ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, f- exactly. Four <laughs> days ago, that's right. Um, and, the, you know, a, a lot of it was turnovers. And, the, uh, of course, they're playing without Justin Herbert now, um, to be fair to him. Uh, so, you know, the, uh, Easton, the immortal Easton stick. Easton um, stick yeah. North Dakota State, what are they putting the water up there? Or is, this, or is it South Dakota State? No, it's North Dakota State. Is it? Yeah, it's that's Carson Wentz. That's... Uh, Easton stick. See, I, no, I thought I read. See, when I read it, I was like, "Oh, is that that's uh, Trey Lance?" No, yeah, because he won four national titles. It's North Dakota State. He won four national titles. He only started in two of them. He oh, was, okay, he was okay. went, Wentz's backup, I believe, and then Trey Lance came in after him. So it's just uh, Q- QBU up there in the FCS of North Dakota State. Apparently, nobody wants to go to Dakota. They and to be and to be fair to him, you know, he only uh, yeah, you're right, North Dakota State. Sorry, yeah. Um, uh, and to be fair to him, he didn't have a lot of time to prepare. So, uh, you know, maybe he's better than, than this, you know? I think he probably is. Yeah. Um, but And no Keenan Allen, right? I mean, no main weapon. And uh, just, a, just a derailed season with a coach that at this point, they you know, they probably need a fresh voice. And it's, it's a, it, like you and I were talking about this before the show, but it was like, it's like, why not fire him now? And I guess the only reason is if your guy isn't out there yet. You know, like where you know what I mean. Where it, 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 it makes it look like it's the classy move to hang on to the guy um, until yeah, the end of you, the season. But then you lose trust in your in your fan base, right? Which I guess do they really care about that? Probably not. But um, I mean, it's it's L.A. What fan base? <laughs> that's a fair point. And it's also like the seven fans that that do root for the Chargers have been asking for Staley to be fired for a couple of years. So I think if it happens now or if it happens at the end of the season that they're they're just gonna be elated no matter not, not really a lot of pro staley guys left at this point right yeah. um and it's you know it's interesting you know um yeah I mean, 42 points at halftime some of it was the turnover some of it was you know rough quarterback play everything like that but you know like, like you put here on the notes here like yeah you know he's a defensive whiz and giving up those up about 50 tonight um know? yeah exactly um to to Aiden O'Connell, yeah, like so. uh, like a guy who is uh, Kirk Herbstreit's. I didn't know this. Good nugget here. He said that he was the eighth or ninth uh, string for for Purdue for Purdue. So okay, Big Big Ten, but Purdue, like you know, bottom of the barrel Big Ten. He was the eighth or ninth string walk on when he got to Purdue, and he worked his way up. You know, good for him. Had some success there, but it but does speak to his uh, ability. Natural, natural ability, right? Yeah. Like he's he's probably got some balls. He's got some leadership skills. Probably he's probably got you know some cerebral ability, um, but it probably speaks to his arm talent and athleticism, right? So, man, um, <laughs> so yeah, and Aiden O'Connell did that to them. Um, so yeah, Staley, you know, when you see a game like that, you just you wonder, like, I mean, he must have lost the team by now, right? Like, it, I think he lost a few. Yeah, I mean, mid season. I I don't have the. I'm not looking at the schedule in front of me, but I mean, 
I mean, we talked about it earlier this year. I when I I think I warned you. I was like, be careful, man. Like they they look good on on paper, but it's always the talent, right? It's yeah, like the eye yeah. test. It's like oh, they got a they got a bunch of names there, but they tend to lose. You know, three point games, two point games. Credit to them. They lost by like fifty tonight. So yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't uh, you know they didn't choke one away tonight. No, so that's that's, that's a positive, right? No, um, no like heartbreak for for Chargers <laughs> fans staying up until the last minute. Um, yeah, I wonder if Cleo Mack did add to his sack total somehow. Probably not, because I no, think the Raiders no, were just sacks. running, yeah, running zero the ball sacks, uh, for the last three quarters. But yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, um, without Josh Jacobs too. Can we? Yeah, we just have to mention that too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it was. It was yes, yeah, so it was Zach White and uh, Brandon Colin, Bolden, and Brandon, the ghost he, of Brandon Bolden. He, he is back, sir. Patriots West is still alive and well in, <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. So we were, we were also talking about, you know, how many defensive whizzes actually are, you know, finding success in the NFL as head coaches, that is right. And, uh, you know, Demeco Ryans was the first one that came to mind for me too. Um, John Harbaugh actually was a special teams coach for the Eagles. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's mostly, it's mostly offensive minded guys. Um, Geez, what the what the hell was Tomlin all those? He's been so long. I don't actually know what his previous was. He defensive coordinator. I think he was, think he was a defensive guy. Um, but you're not high on Tomlin anymore. Uh, not really. You know, like I I just think like his strength was in you know motivating guys. I you know what I mean. Like some guys are more motivators than they are X's and O's guys. They yeah, know. but yeah, and, I hear um, you. and uh, and again, if he's a defensive coach, the Steelers have still done good things defensively, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, just let, let's go through it. Niners, right? Offensive coach. Yep. Dolphins, offensive coach. Philly. Well, Pete, you know, Pete Carroll's defensive. Pete um, Carroll, yeah, but like, um, average. They, I they, mean, they, he's not he's not in uh, danger of losing his job, but they're not really compete. Like, you know, they're not competing for a championship at the same time. They have their moments. Yeah. Um. Was it? Yeah. Bulls in uh in Tampa Bay. You know. Might win the division, but that's you know that's not somebody much has of a, to, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's not much of an achievement. Um, see, yeah, obviously, obviously Eberflus, you know, in Chicago. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Campbell technically is an offensive coach. You could probably, you know, I would, I would say he's somewhat defensive minded, but he's not a defensive whiz, right? Um, you know, what, and Bel- Belichick, right? I mean, and and. Uh, yeah, it's Rivera in Washington. Um, he's on his way out. I think that I think I just read today. He's somebody said he's actually at peace with it. Like I think he was at peace with it. Uh, like when does uh, OTA start? August, you know. I think he was at peace with it then. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's weird, man. Like, there's a lot of talent there. They've you know they they played like the Eagles tough, for instance. I guess, I mean I guess everybody plays the Eagles tough, but I don't know. There's there is some potential there with the Commanders. So you wonder, like, no, they're definitely who's is. you know who's on their way in, right? Um, honestly, Robert Sala, if he had Rodgers this year, you know, like true, there is true. that. Um, McDermott, McDermott's a defensive coach, but I don't, but I don't think a very good one. I think he's one of those ones that's wasted the talent that he had, right? And I th- honestly, and it makes a lot of sense because usually offense is more cerebral and defense is more athleticism, right? And that doesn't mean that there aren't some, you know doesn't mean there's not a lot of strategy to defense, but it's just, it's more just feel instincts reaction. Um, it's a lot more than on offense where it's, you know, uh, where, you know, it's strategy and motioning and, and, uh, and 
you know, just repetitions of this and that, you know, and, and uh, you know, what's the word? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I got you. It's, it's, it's more cerebral. It's, you know, it is a little bit more thinking. And so it, it kind of makes sense that offensive coaches would do a little bit better. Um, especially in today's NFL right, right? with the rules and yeah, no, it, Oh, it we left out Vrabel, obviously defensive Vrabel. as yeah, well, but you know, um, bad year. Yeah. Um, but I, hey, I'll that's, last week. hey, that's another one that could get back into the conversation. You know, a team loses here, team loses there. You never know. I mean, I don't know. Um, they, they seem like a team that believes right now, right? I don't think, yeah, you're not going to find a Vrabel team that doesn't believe, I don't think. But the, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, obviously, it's interesting teams playing with house money, too, is like, what will what will a Will Levis look like next year when it's week one and now there's expectations, right? I don't think he'll look great. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, there's flashes in a, in a bottle, right? Like, all the time, and I think we're seeing that a lot ne- right now with backup quarterbacks, and it's just like... Yeah, they have like two or three good weeks, and we fall in love with them. And then I think I think you and I will have a good debate about this in a second, actually. So let's let's stay on the coaches instead. Um, Staley's got to be gone at, at the very least at the end of the year, maybe oh, before, yeah. maybe maybe this was it. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow morning. I don't yeah, know. if he's not fired tomorrow, then he has it for the rest of the year because like, what else can you do to deserve to be? <laughs> what like, does what a guy more have to do to do? get fired? Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he probably wants to be like defensive coordinator in San Francisco or something. So yeah, it tends to work out well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, again, some guys just need to be defensive coordinators too. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at, uh, um, damn it. What's his name is, uh, are you going to go Flores here? Uh, no, not well, Flores too, but, uh, Dallas, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Dan Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Campbell Quinn. Um, you know, Maybe he would be okay as a head coach again, but and I don't know if he wants to be, but he's obviously doing well as a defensive coordinator, and uh, and maybe that's where he belongs, you know. Um, but anyway, another guy that I think might do well as a defensive coordinator if he had no, if he had no uh, decision making power over the personnel on the field, and maybe that's not even fair defensively because the Patriots actually have played well defensively. But yeah, yeah B- Bill Belichick, right? And the rumor is finally out there from uh, from, Tommy a, Curran. from Tom E. Curran uh, that it was decided after the Colts game, again, a game that the Patriots defense played well. Um, what was, was that one 10-6? Yeah, they held the, yeah, I think uh, I came on here and defended the Pats after that one because I think they were the first team to hold the Colts under 10. And I think it might in have given Or like at least in quite, in, quite, in quite a few weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, like, and again, this maybe Belichick's a guy that would be a good defensive quarter, maybe even head coach without, uh, dis, you know, uh, personnel decision making power. Uh, but if this is true, if this is true, we'll have plenty of time to talk about his legacy, so we shouldn't get into that too much. Um, and then we'll do the whole Brady versus Belichick thing. We could probably do a whole show on it. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Obviously, you being, you know, you grew up a Patriots fan. We're, we're completely objective on this show, but you grew up a Patriots fan. So, you know, your thoughts on uh, if Belichick is gone, do you think it's the right move? How did, you know, who, who would you want? Like, you know, let's start there. So I think we have to start with they can't fire him during the season. And the report doesn't indicate that they will. That would just be doing him way too dirty. I know your rebuttal is going to be that that's the identity of Bill Belichick and what made him great. But he won six Super Bowls. He he deserves 
to at least ride out the rest of the year. Um, you're not a fan of my take that, listen, man, he, he won us six Super Bowls. He won the Patriots six Super Bowls. Give him the respect of at least riding out the year. If you don't want to renew his contract, that's one thing. I mean, uh, we were just talking, what was it, about a month or so ago about how they they extended him as well, which I don't think would have uh, you know any decision on, on what they do in the future, but there there was a report that you know his contract was extended um do i want to see him go it it would be really weird to see bill belichick coaching somewhere else other than the patriots oh yeah of course um i mean but it has to happen something like belichick's not going to coach forever and it doesn't seem like it's ever going to bounce back you know, I, so, don't, I don't know about that because the defense is playing so well. Like, but the offense is so bad. The offense is so bad, and so it's like, and it's just like Bill, it worked under Bill O'Brien before. Why is it not now? And it's and here's the thing: is like, okay, was Mac Jones? I mean, were they so bad that they actually broke him? Were like, or was Jones mentally weak? Because Jones actually looked; he had some promise, right? Yeah, his rookie year was good. I mean, but his rookie year was. If memory serves correct, was it COVID year? I believe so. So I mean, I, does I that know. have anything? I mean, I I feel like that actually. I you know I don't know if the numbers bear it out, but I feel like that kind of works against the offense more than anything. But um, but I don't know if the numbers bear that out. Actually, I'm not sure. I mean, we'd have to go back and look. But with another reason, we need a research person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, just no crowd noise, which I know isn't like this huge factor, but it oh, does play uh, a part. No, you no, know? That, you know what? No, that's actually a good point. This is actually something that they brought up about Josh Allen too. Really? Um, remember, I said you know it was it was sugar rush Josh. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was no sugar rush Josh the COVID year. You know what I mean? He and um, but then the fans were able to start coming back in around playoff time, and then like the yeah, Patriots didn't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was still great, you know, in the playoffs that year too. But it, you know, um, Josh Allen is is still great. But there, but he has those moments. I mean, we we were just talking about lack of consistency, right? Um, yeah. Again, we'll, you know, we'll come back to the quarterback talk because um, I have a, a little bit longer of a take on that. But back to you, you know, do you want Belichick <clears throat> to stick around, and do you do you think that it could turn around under him? It's just like I just can't see it. And and again, I I. I do think he's the best coach of all time. I think he deserves that, but but I also don't believe in sacred cows. So, um, like you don't, if your head coach is out there and you're competing, like say say it's a guy from the college ranks because you don't really have to worry in the you know NFL so much, um, you know, losing him in in season or or getting a guy from the NFL ranks in season, right? You usually get that guy at the end of the you know once the regular season's over, right? Um, but if there's a college guy that they want and they're in competition with a couple other teams that are on their interim coach by then, then uh, yeah, I say, I say you gotta, no way college guy replacing Bill Belichick. That'll never work. Um, we've seen just how college coaches translate to the NFL. It just does not work well. There's just such a, well, not, not always, but I don't think you can say that's, I, I, I don't think you can say that with any degree of certainty. Like that's how you climb the ranks sometimes. It just doesn't translate, especially like it seems now more than ever with the emphasis on recruiting uh, versus, you know, head being a head football coach and, and not having to worry about that. Uh, OK, I mean, that's a fair point. 
I mean, also, it's, I'm an it's idiot. interesting. Like, I'm if an you idiot. Wanna... One second. Um, as as I was saying that, Cam Newton was the was Patriots quarterback COVID year. Mac Jones came the year after. Oh, fair so, enough. So they're okay. throw out that excuse. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, but there are some coaches that have had success after going down. Uh, or like Pete Carroll went back down to the college ranks, came back and and had success as an NFL head coach. Right, but he had already had the the NFL pedigree. I guess is is the difference so, yeah. there. Okay, so are you saying you like think a, you a think to be a head coach? coach. No, I I got you. But you, you think to be a head coach in the NFL. You should actually just climb the ranks in the NFL. Position coach, yeah. Like, okay, so this, the, who do I want if Bill Bill Belichick is gone? He's already on the coaching staff. He's, I want Jared Mayo, like, to be the next Patriots head coach. You're, the Eagles really? interviewed him a few years ago. Uh, Panthers, I believe, interviewed him last year. He's a he's a head coach in waiting. Has been uh, the. I'm not sure if you remember this. Patriots actually did something unprecedented. They released a press release after. Um, I believe the the Panthers requested to interview him for their head coaching vacancy last year, and they they announced that they extended him and that Jared Mayo would be on the coaching staff long term. Like vague, you know, no years, no description of title or anything like that. But just like so, everyone in the in the Boston media is, is pegging him for you know the replacement. But um, I'd love to see it. I mean. Former player, you know, linebacker. Could he be the next Mike Vrabel? You know, same same mold right there, same position and everything. You know, same program. Um, if if Bill Belichick is gone, yeah, give me give me Mayo. But uh, if Bill Belichick is gone and wants to continue coaching, where would I like to see him? I want him to go down to college. I want him to coach Navy. Imagine how fun that would be. He would have the time of his life. He cares about the record, though, the wins record. I, I, which seems like so non-Belichick, right? He's a like, it just doesn't seem like him. But you're like, I everything you know, all indications point that you're you're right. I'm not disagreeing. And I mean, he, it, and isn't that like? I feel like that's part of the keeping him in New England. You think? See, um, the, I don't. I don't care about the record. That's not where I'm coming. No, from with no. It. But I, I, I think that's even part of the Belichick and Brady beef. You know what I mean? Is just, I think I think Belichick's legacy matters to him. You know what I mean? And so part part of his legacy is beating the beating the eclipsing the record of a guy that he grew up idolizing, right? You know what I mean? Came up in the NFL idolizing. Sure. So um I don't know. It's 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 a deep you know, it's a pretty deep dive on psychology. And again, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Belichick's legacy, especially if he does end up getting canned. Um and especially if he just doesn't, I mean, he's got to get a job somewhere, right? But, but I just have a but heart. He, but he could also be done. He could say, yeah. you know what, like, you know, I I have the rings. He could he could be done if he if if the Patriots cut cut bait with him this year, right? I just have a hard time believing just just the way that it's all gone down, right? He's had one quarterback post Brady. Essentially, he had a like a rental Cam Newton rental for a year, right? It was kind of like a bridge. Like there was. Like everyone knew that that wasn't going to be the long term yeah, solution. Yeah, and, and and let's yeah, exactly. Let's let's not forget that Cam Newton was on the street for a long time, and then the Patriots finally went with him. So and- they've essentially had one quarterback right since since Brady. I have a hard time just saying it's Belichick right now when the offense looks putrid and the defense looks so great. And like he's a yeah, defense- but here's why you can put it on Belichick now. 
because he made Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge yes. of his offense. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not good. That's on him. It is. So, like, so that's where that's where you put it because that that speaks to his state of mind. You know what I mean? Like, it goes deeper than just oh, is Bill Belichick not good with the X's and O's? It's also like, is he not good with management in terms Does of he- like? putting together a coaching staff yeah, he believes and, in his guys too much maybe yeah and so like i it, it goes a lot deeper than just like oh is he, can he not manage again because there are other things that obviously we know belichick you know like i mean at least in his prime you know clock management and all those things like just outsmarting other like he did that for a long time again so and we're still seeing we'll, we'll go we'll go way in the weeds on him and brady someday you know what i mean we're and, still seeing threads of him outsmarting you know the special teams play earlier this year where they timed the uh you know sure, the, sure. the cadence of the the long snapper like but, things like that but then they still lost and it's like okay maybe you should have spent another 30 minutes on you know stopping it's like, uh, you, you know stopping anyone other than tyree kill because they did stop tyree kill that night but yeah um I don't know. And obviously, yeah, probably should have spent a little more time on on uh, moving the ball. So, um, yeah, we, we'll obviously do plenty more of this. It's it's coming. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but Go Belichick be, to Navy. That's yeah, all. That's yeah, how I'm you know what? Belichick to Navy. We can dream, right? I, I, that would be fun. And, and then he gets to run the offense he wants to run. And then the quarterback. NCAA football next year, whether Belichick's there or not, I will. Bill Belichick will be coaching Navy on my PlayStation. <laughs> there you go. So. Oh man, everybody I hope everybody's excited for that cuz cuz we're going to go video and we're definitely just going to have reels of us playing NCAA cuz we're so excited. Um maybe sell out sports we'll get a Twitch account one day, who knows. <laughs> Jesus. I dude, I can I I if you told me that was going to happen like, you know, a couple years ago that that was even a possibility, I would have told you you were nuts. But um Okay, so also speaking of Belichick and Brady, uh, just a just a funny aside here. Apparently, there's a there's a roast of Brady coming up, and uh, I don't know how I feel about this because uh, I don't know how I feel about roasts in general. When I think of roasts, I think of the Michael Scott roast, where it was like, it was like, oh, I'll show you guys what a good sport I am. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't like some of them are funny. Don't get me wrong. And the roast master Jeff Ross, he's hilarious. Um, yeah, but they're like. It was like a cool idea for the first few, and then it like got kind of weird. And then, and then it was well, and it was like, and it was like, oh, I want mine. Oh, I want mine. It's like you're not supposed to want it. <laughs> like, like everyone's gonna destroy you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, credit to these to everyone that does it because I certainly wouldn't want people shitting on me for like an hour. I would just be really uncomfortable. Like I would like if you want to shit on me, go ahead. Just do it behind my back, please. I guess I don't know. Oh God, I don't care. I mean, I shit on myself all the time, so whatever. Um. But, you know, so the other thing when it comes to this with Brady is that so I found this in the, you know, down the rabbit hole of uh, looking up this roast is I just I, I can't stop it with the love hate stuff of Brady. It's he he's so polarizing, even within my own brain, because like he says this stuff about the NFL soft. Now it's the quarterback's job to protect his own receivers. Stop fucking changing the rules, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, Brady for fucking commissioner. Get get rid of Goodell. He can be the see a Roger. So, yeah, or well, no. And they were talking about like one guy runs the business side, one guy runs the football side, right? So let Brady run the football side, right? And that's and that was what I was thinking. I was like, I could I could go for that, but he's probably actually trying to run for president, and he's probably trying to pull my vote or something. <laughs> Jokes on him, but um. 
But then in in the course of reading this, I see I I never heard this that Brady cons- he entertained the idea of becoming a comedian, and but then uh, let's see who was it Will Sasso and Chad Colton I don't know who Chad Colton is, um, but they they joke they made a joke of um, this hour long comedy special. It was made it was Tom Brady, but it was Tom Brady AI generated doing a stand up special and. And Brady sent a cease and desist letter to get it removed. It's like, dude, you gotta have thicker skin than that if you want to be a comedian, right? Like, and and it's just, it's literally like satire is comedy, and so they're picking on him because they're like, oh, you think it's so easy? It's like getting picked on is part of comedy. I mean, like, like if you, you like you can dish it out. Like what, like what would Brady do? You know what I mean? Like, like if you work in the room, you're picking on people, right? You're picking on, you know what I mean. So if you can dish it out, but you can't take it, I have no respect for you. So now, so now I'm back to what the fuck, Brady. Well, he can't take he can't take it because he's getting roasted. All right, so uh, you know. Okay, but why are you sending cease and desist letters to like one guy who I haven't even heard of and Will Sasso, who was like a guy on Mad TV once? <laughs> like, why why are you fucking with these? Why are you fucking with the little guy? Leave him alone, you know. And and satire is comedy, so like it was very clearly it it shouldn't be something that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it was. I, maybe I need to find this this video. But let's this. go back to this roast. Who who would you want to see? Like, if you had to pick one person to pick to roast Tom Brady, who you who are you selecting? Well, I think you know you and I already discussed a couple of the obvious ones, right? Um, you know, you said Bill Burr. Um, you know, I was saying Peyton Manning's got to be there, right? I think Eli has I, to be there. Uh, uh, true. Oh, true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, oh yeah. Do they invite Nick Foles? Uh, um yeah uh shit brandon graham right Uh, you know like is brandon graham have any comedy chops Uh, yeah i mean who beat tom brady in the nfl it's a short list let's invite them all yeah uh, exactly you really could just invite everybody right um yeah i don't think tom coffin will be in right i don't think he's interested but um he might surprise you i don't know uh but he'd probably be one of those ones that like I think LeGarrette Blunt would be low key pretty funny. He's had both sides of it too, the winning mm. and the. Interesting, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, let's see, Randy Moss. Yeah, Rand uh, University. Obviously, Gronk's gonna be there. Um, yeah, Gronk's gonna be cheesy. Yeah, t- yeah, Gronk will be stupid. Edelman, um, Jules, Jules will be there. Edelman and Welker, I think, right? Like Welker, Welker, Welker had a little bit of a personality, right? Like, yeah, he might not want to be there though because he didn't get the ring. <laughs> he might not want to be part of it. Uh, let's see. I don't know. They, yeah, they all did go to the Kentucky Derby that year when they uh, may or may not have done done some Molly. Molly, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's like Eli would be my go-to. Re- Bill, like Bill Burr, actually, for comedy, but like athlete, I would like to see Eli. Rex Ryan? Oh, fuck Rex Ryan. <laughs> but he might want to do it. No, you know, like, like, I don't... He probably would, but like... But it'd be... I, I just it'd don't... Be for, it'd be I for, actually for don't respect yeah. Rex Ryan. Yeah, I got so you. Like, I got you. I respect those other people. I don't respect Rex Ryan. Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, as, as far as the NFL community, you know what I mean? And Bill Burr is just like one of the only comedians that actually understands sports, so I feel like he could do it. Yeah, and you know New England ties, obviously. Uh, yeah, just exactly. Like perfect. Um, uh, so Bill Burr would be a good one. Um, I don't know. Do they invite like Giselle? Like, would like would she would she do it? I don't know. Um, Bridget Moynihan too, right? Um, 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the, I, I'm confused. It says Brady will join a lineup that includes Chris Rock, Ali Wong, John Mulaney, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that means they're going to be the ones doing the roasting. But if it is, it also includes Burt Kreischer and John Stewart. So I'd be interested. I am in, the machine. <laughs> I'd be interested in those two. I mean, John Stewart's literally a hero of mine. So I would like, I would definitely be up for that. Um, unless they're roasting John Stewart, which would also be really funny. So I'd be up for that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you, you you took me off the subject of you know why I was mad at him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't can't let too much hate for Tom Brady uh, enter the airwaves of this podcast. It's you just are my, you just s- my duty. You're censoring me, sir. I um, am. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm censoring you. Well, um, anyway, I mean, you know what? Like Brady saying that the NFL's soft and it, it still outweighs you know a cease to, cease and desist letter because he's he basically said. I mean, come on. He 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 basically stole my take. He, he Tom Brady is a sellout sports listener because he was like, "Yeah, Ray Lewis wouldn't have a place in the NFL." Like I said that two weeks before he did. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of uh, you know misunderstandings and misplaced rage, we got a we got a anger over a game ball uh, between the Bucks and the Pacers, which is a you know kind of a budding rivalry in the in the Eastern Conference now, right? Yeah. I mean, two. Uh kind of uh tiffs in in the last two games played in what a week and a half 10 and, days yeah and we only have to wait two weeks for two more installments of yeah, this back rivalry. to back in three days <laughs> you know january for new year's day what a, what a way to start the new year yeah um and so yeah i'm actually looking forward to this feels like must see must see tv now um uh and plus they already had they also had the in-season tournament game it was it was the in-season semifinals the quarters Pacers, or semis um, yeah i think it would have been i think it was semis yeah where the, halliburton hit the hit the dame time uh, yep hit the dame time so that like uh and uh shout out to uh sorry yeah uh, uh uh my twitter guy nba yeah, twitter, yeah, guy? Your twitter guy yeah, yeah yeah uh rob perez worldwide wobe well so that, well known uh, uh wobe investigations you know uh, that was an excellent video yeah and we did I, a 12 we watched a 12 minute video before this so uh we would be caught up to speed on on all the inner workings of of this uh fiasco <laughs> yeah i appreciated his tone it was very uh as the nba turns like he was he was giving him shit the whole time and i so it, i appreciated that um so so good video from him and he breaks it all down for us and uh is confusion like there's two different game balls but Giannis you know um you wanted the authentic one that was actually used uh because because he broke the Bucks uh franchise record for points in a game 64 yes sir he you know he was taken out of the game but then the Pacers went on a run and made it a game again so he comes back in with like two minutes left which was an interesting tidbit because uh, I didn't watch a game I don't believe you did either I didn't know about that I just heard 64 right you just hear 64 like okay but that does add an element to it right like 56 subbed out and like okay cool and then he comes back like yes I mean they made it a game. I mean, it was a 10-point game with a minute and a half. And it was really Dame after at the end of the game or in the post game that explained it's like it's not really what happened, it's how it happened, right? Yeah. So that's another element to it. It's like, oh, well, they took him out of the game. Then the Pacers kind of, you know, they got, they cut it down to like 10. And then you got Giannis doing, you know, slamming it in your uh, face. Yeah, like fast breaking and 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 then a, you know, a couple of dunks and and uh, you know, so just like, yeah, so now tensions are a little bit higher, right? And then so as Dame pointed out, it's like, okay, did it? Did they take the game ball for their guy who scored his first official point? Oscar, how do you, Zibwe? Yeah, I believe so. Oscar, I was going to let you do it because I didn't want to. Oscar Zibwe, Zibwe. 
Um, you know, bench player, you know, Rookie, he was yeah. only in the game for that, you know, because, because it was a blowout. Right. Um, or, or it was out of, out of question anyway, at that point. Um, and it's interesting because it wasn't his first point in the NBA, but it's his first one that'll go down in history. So it's like, does it even matter? Because he already scored against NBA competition. So they should have so, just got, they should have just gotten him that game ball so, from the in-season well, tournament, right? You'll appreciate this take. It all is LeBron's fault because <laughs> you know LeBron took that game ball because he was he was the in-season tournament MVP, even though Anthony Davis scored was way better. twenty more points <laughs> yeah. and had like. 20 they had, he had 41 and 20 versus like 23 and 12 but yeah let's give the let's give the mvp to lebron uh yep hang that banner yeah that's your 18th banner congratulations now you have more than the celtics i heard an interesting take uh, actually uh that the in-season tournament banners it should be like um it should just be one banner and you just keep adding years to it that you want in-season like tournament that. Like like Mount Anthony wrestling, right? Yeah. Like we won too many, so we just have one banner and like here, hey, here's all the years we won because like we don't need a banner for every championship, especially it's in season a, tournament. Yeah, not as and it should be way smaller because it's not nearly as important. <laughs> Banners are such a weird thing in in sports. I mean, obviously the probably the most well known is is the Colts 2014 AFC finalist, right? Is it, was it 2014? Um. Oh, I don't know. That you, you, you've never seen it? They hung a banner because they made the AFC Championship game. They didn't win it. Mm. AFC finalist, it says. I believe it's 2014. Yeah, that's not a thing. You don't get a banner for that. <laughs> There's some organizations that like... Especially when you have a Super we'll, Bowl. Like, why? Like, you know what we'll I mean? We'll hang banners for, like, uh, winning their division. It's yeah, just like their cares? regular season division. And then you got, you know, going into retired numbers a little bit. You know, uh, well, well, we'll touch on that in a second too. Who, right? who is it? Uh, who has MJ retired? Is it the Heat? Oh, I, you, it's, it's you would know random, better than me. It's a, some random team, but they won't. They just won't let anybody wear twenty three. Or it might be a different sport. Oh, I got. I got to look into this. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, so I, go, going back through uh, the. The Giannis and Tyrese Halliburton, uh, the the Bucks and the Pacers drama. So, you know, if if you guys aren't familiar, the, uh, you know, so Giannis wants the game ball because it, it's a franchise record, sixty four points. Um, he has a tradition of giving, you know, giving the game ball to his mother in honor of his uh, his father who has passed. Right. Um. So, you, like, it, it did. It like at first I thought it was really stupid. I was like, what? What's everybody so mad about? Like, okay, it's, you know, it's important to Giannis. Also, I didn't understand that these two teams were really already kind of at each other's throats. So emotions are running high. It's still kind of dumb, but um, you sort of understand it a little bit more from both angles. And then, so yeah, uh, Seabway, um, you know, it's his first official point because, his, you know, because he scored one point in the NBA in, you know, play-in tournament, but those don't count, um, at least in regular season statistics. So it's like, why not just give him that game ball from the in-season tournament, though? Because it was the first time he scored against NBA competition, right? So right. Like, 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 if you look at that ball, you're going to be like, well, this is the second time I scored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he's he's going to remember his first NBA bucket against NBA players. That's what that's what matters, right? So anyway, so you know, uh, chaos ensues. Giannis is chasing Halliburton, you know, down into the locker room and, and, uh, and just things got really heated and what wasn't Halliburton. It was, uh, the, uh, 
Pacers assistant coach Halliburton was still on the court, but he did jaw at Halliburton before. Okay, he went uh, okay I got you. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think I, I thought uh, I thought Lillard actually, you know, summed it up pretty well though. Lillard's like, got a, a, he's a smart man. Yeah, it seems like uh, he he just kind of summed up like, yeah, it wasn't really what happened; it was the way it happened, you know. And and uh, even he even, thought they were being petty. I was gonna say he even like, threw the word petty in his post game. He said the pettiness of yeah, like, he's like that's the pettiness of the league, man. <laughs> So. He's like it doesn't shift me too much to the left or right. Or no, that that's what he said about Dame uh, Halliburton hitting the Dame time. Uh, oh I, right, which which yeah, he's like if I'm gonna do it, like I gotta be able to, again. If you're gonna dish it out, you gotta be able to take I it. Love, right, I love Dame. That's, yeah, I mean, again, that's that's the art of shit talk. Like sometimes you just gotta like you just gotta tip your cap and say, yeah, you got me. You know, like <laughs> that is what it is. Um, but Giannis, after like we took, so we we gave. You know, Patrick Mahomes shit last episode for going into the press pool after and, you know, being heated. He was still heated an hour after. Uh, Wobe said it was about an hour after. I didn't, he was talking, I didn't really like, see him as heated. I just saw him as not over it, which at, at that point, it's like, all right, dude, yeah, calm down. I thought he was very frustrated. So he's like, I don't think it's the game ball. He goes, it doesn't feel like the game ball. I, <laughs> I played 35 minutes with that game ball. I know what it feels like. It's like, like, do, how how scientific do you want to get about this? Giannis? And then Rick Carlisle was like, "Yeah, I think we have the original game ball. We could have taken the brand new one, but we didn't." He said, like, "I don't know why people are in my fucking Dude, hallway, though." Rick, Car- <laughs> yeah, Rick Carlisle was just like had just had enough. Like he was done he's with like, this conversation. He's like, I really just want my team to play defense. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> he did not want to answer any of those questions. He was he was being a good sport, but he was yeah. definitely like. I'm old. I'm tired. Because I've like, already won not... an NBA championship. Like, can we just move on? Yeah. yeah. Can we not do this right now? I just, I, it's a fucking game ball. I don't. I care. could retire. Like, like pettiness is fun for me as like a young guy. You know, right, like, right. But being around the sport for that long, I can see how it would tire somebody out really quickly. That that was definitely, I feel like an old man moment for Carlisle, where he's just like, "This is the league that I work in now." Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the guys are fighting over this shit. He's like embarrassed to like, you know. When he leaves the door to live, you're like, honey, don't don't look at me. Don't don't look where I'm going. You know, it's a it's a it's another interesting um, quote unquote unwritten rule, I guess, though, that, you know, you give the first you give the game ball to the guy that get their first point or whatever. And it's like like, oh, who now there's an unwritten rule or there's going to be one over who who takes precedence. Right. Is it the is it the kid that got his first point or is it the superstar that broke a franchise record? Like, yeah, we we saw this with uh, does does the real game ball matter versus the backup game ball? Like these are like we need to figure this shit out, right? We like, saw this to a different extent um, during baseball season. I forget who it was, first baseman. I think it might have been Pete Alonso. I I could be wrong. Uh, somebody got their first hit against the Mets, and then he uh, he threw the ball into the stands <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> and he felt really bad. I think he you know he gave I think he gifted like an expensive bottle of wine or something. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was like, I, I had no idea. He's like, I'm never going to throw a ball into the stance again <laughs> Yes, because, I mean, because they're the umps were marking it. Right. And then he's like, oh, okay, this ball is bad. Or whatever. He threw it, threw it into the stance <laughs> instead of into the dugout <laughs> for that poor guy's first career hit. Oh man. It, maybe, maybe none of this stuff matters to me just cause like, I, I, maybe you haven't either. I've never gotten a game ball. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe that's why this stuff isn't actually important to me, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't know the other. You know, there's a lot of these you know dumb unwritten spo- you know s- rules in sports, or at least that you know they appear dumb to us, right? Like, I mean, again, you know, I always come back to running up the score. You know, like maybe in high school, you know, like, but 
you know, big time college or pros. Like, no, like, uh, yeah, because big time college, you're paid to stop them too. So fucking do your job. Yeah, seriously. Um, so I really don't care about running up the score. Um, it, if you're putting in your backups, like I say, the backups get to run the offense. Like, get that backup quarterback reps throwing the football. Yeah, I, I heard that, you know, in, you know, small time Vermont high school sports, right? I heard that this year. It's just like, why do they, why is their qu- backup quarterback throwing the ball against us? They're going to make my guys feel bad. <laughs> Stop it. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe like, they should. They deserve a chance to, like, you're, I mean, I mean, that's the, the thing. The if backup, the backup quarterback in Vermont high school <laughs> sports is not going to go on to play past high school. Let's just let's just get that out there, okay? So he's already not starting, so his opportunities are limited. Take one year away from his potential yeah. to play as a but high now, school. But now so he gets now, to come so into now, the game and hand the ball. Yeah. Off. So now, he, yeah, he just has to hand the ball off. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck that. And not only that, but if you're on the losing team, I like, I get it. Like, you know, there's like a safety component. Oh, you're losing 48 to nothing. So, you know, you're going to try and hurt somebody, right? Yeah, it's there's like, well, like that's, the, that's on the coat. That's on that team's coach to be like, like, no, just go out and play hard. Don't be a piece of shit. Right. Like that, that's on the coach. And you get hurt. If you, you know, your kids, not going full you know, speed too. yeah, exactly. That too. Right. So no, you just, you take out your best players you put in, you know, you put in your backups, let them get some experience, let them have some fun. And cuz if you're the losing team, you still want to go out there and play hard, right? And you and they you can put your backups in too, but get everybody some experience. That's the way I look at it. For so sure. so whatever. That's another unwritten rule, you know, I I think everybody gets our point on that. Um baseball not pimping home runs, right? Like there's baseball um, is just as an entity, it's just unwritten rules on unwritten it's, rules. It's just loaded with unwritten rules, and it's like... So don't like, talk about the perfect game. <laughs> don't... don't. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, 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 I can appreciate that one. I, I, I you know, I, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, so... Uh, I can I can appreciate that one, too. I just had to... I'm okay with that one, you know, because there's, like, a little bit of fun to it, because, like, what was it? Uh, back in the day, Mark Burley was throwing one for the White Sox, and he was being a total dick about it. He's like, you think I'm going to do it? You think I'm going to do it? <laughs> like, oh, was he that, really? Yeah, that's it's funny. And that then he did funny. it. You know, so it's, that's pretty funny. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like the, the you know. Don't steal bases up like five or. Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where's the cutoff? You know what I mean? Uh, again, like. Throw me out. Throw me out. <laughs> or, or Pick like, me off. <laughs> um, don't go down 12. I mean, in baseball, I guess I sort of get it a little bit more because like. If you're getting, if you're down 12 runs, then you don't want to be checking on a runner over and over again. So it's like, so don't steal. You, you know what I mean? I again, I don't agree with it. I say stop them, but I, I sort of get it a little bit more because the football game's going to happen either way, right? I guess like you could say, passing the ball slows the game down a little bit with incomplete passes. So I guess you can make that case. Scores obviously slow the game down a little bit. Um, but whatever, man. Again, get everybody some experience. We're Put- not we're not soccer fans, but I'm sure there's some. Unwritten rules there. Ted Lasso um, didn't teach me too many. No, because because he didn't know him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, soccer. I don't know. So, like, because I mean, I f- I feel like everybody's allowed to flop. So like, there's nothing about basketball. Is like, don't take the last shot. You know, when the game's already over. When the, when the shot clock's off, I guess. Yeah. Right. Or, I mean, is that is that really the, is that ex- the unwritten rule? And it's is extended. It? It's extended beyond that. It used to now be it's, like if you're up 20. ten in the final minute and yeah, and they yeah, don't have any timeouts. If left. it's like forty five seconds left and you're up four possessions, then you're not shooting. <laughs> Again, just just play basketball, especially because the backups are in. Let them play. 
Just let them play. I, I don't get it. Um, I love a. I love a. See, this is why flashy hockey. dunk like with two seconds left, like a fucking <laughs> dunk, and then and then the benches, you know, they start pushing each other in the handshake line again. Yeah, but you and I are petty, so we just like we, we you know we like that shit, you know. But um, see, hockey is great, and and hockey's losing some of it, but like there's always a price to pay for doing something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, taking a shot at the goalie after to baseball, the whistle to an or, extent, same thing. You um, got to give baseball. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they'll drill somebody. I know. Yeah, that's actually what sucks about the NFL is just like everything's unnecessary roughness. It's like, dude, like it's a fucking rough sport. You know, little pushing and shoving. You know, I'm not. I mean, again, how much damage is a throwing a punch going to do? I don't like. Why is that even? Why is that worse than an, like a like an open palm to the face? Why is a punch worse? Like they're more likely to fucking hurt themselves. <laughs> they're not. They're not more likely to hurt the guy. Dude, you can fuck somebody up with a with a like a palm strike. It's, it's like an actual Marine Corps move. Like they, like you do like a open open palm strike instead. Like, yeah, it looks kind of dangerous coming at me right now. I don't it, really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys can tell, I'm, I'm just throwing a palm right in his face right now. Um, but yeah, man. It's like uh, and suddenly Michael owned a hundred percent of sellout sports just like that. <laughs> Well, no, if you die, I own 100% of South Sports. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that's another. I mean, I can't think of any other unwritten rules. I think we did a pretty good job. Um, I don't know. Tennis, golf, um, you know. Oh, golf has all kinds. My unwritten rule about golf well, is it's not a sport. So, I guess golf, they're written rules, but just nobody knows them. Um, oh, they're, but they're but they're recorded somewhere. Like I mean, but like, what about like you know, like mulligans? Like, is there a time when you're supposed to let or uh, or or? Well, like I mean, a, not like or a time where you where t- you know when you don't make the guy make a putt, you know, stuff like that. Oh, okay, you're talking. Yeah, I mean, oh, you're saying competitive out, outside of sanctioned competition. Yeah, yeah, professionally, you know. Okay, fair enough. So anyway, unwritten rules. It's just a uh, it's just a weird piece of sports and. And I, and it's one of those things that everybody has their different feelings on, right? So, um, I don't know, but this, but now now the game ball thing is something that is part of it's part of our lexicon, it's part of it's part of our understanding, and so now I'm sure there's going to be a debate about you know like hey who gets the real game ball who gets the <laughs> who gets the only one yeah who get, who, yeah it's, yeah it's a fake game so ball. Why, why do they have a second one? Do you think like if the first one's deflated or something? You know, Tom Brady's going in there and. I actually like I didn't realize they played the whole game with just one ball. Like I like I, I thought they were probably rotating them in anyway. Just like oh, if it goes into the stands, like hey, throw me another ball, and then this. No, one. yeah, no, they always throw it back. Uh, so it's always just one ball the whole game, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things again because you got I, like ball ball boys, I guess. Like you know, like uh, the people like with mops. I think they kind of control it if it's a full court shot and it goes kind of deep in. Yeah, and then. <clears throat> As Wove described, got like assistant. Uh, who's your Who's your security guy over there in, for Philly? Dom. Uh, oh, Desandro. D- yeah, Dom. Right. Dom Desandro. Yeah. Right? So Dom. Are... So yeah. They. So like uh, the NBA security guys are assistant security guys, according to Wove, are <laughs> in charge. Part of their duties are to collect the game ball when a player wants it. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, th- this was a whole. Uh, it opened my eyes to a whole new, uh, you know, element of the NBA. So, and uh, and more pettiness, right? And uh, you know, I kept saying it is what it is, and that's and that's what uh, Jokic kept saying when he got ejected the other night. Was this last night? 
was a was a Serbian night. In, I think uh, it was a few nights ago. Yeah, um, two, two nights ago maybe. He got he got ejected on Serbian night uh, in Chicago in yeah. the second quarter, and then they still beat the Bulls by ten. But <laughs> that's how bad they are right now. But yeah, Jokic got ejected, and uh, it's funny they won't they won't say what it is he said to the official, but he got ejected for one technical. Yeah, so it must have been really bad. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never like consciously been aware that um, like that. This opened my eyes that you could be just ejected without a second technical. I didn't know that was a possibility. I mean, I guess it makes sense. There's just, you know, I mean, there's got to be certain words you just can't say to an official or probably another player, right? So, uh, but I don't know what a. I don't know what that word is, though. I yeah. really don't. And I feel like if it because, had been, if uh, it had been really bad, like one of the ones you really don't say, and he said it to an official, um, I feel like we would have known by now what he said. So and it's and it's it's just kind of weird and yeah it seems like um, the ref was a little sensitive pro- like from from everything else that we know without knowing the word that he said it just seems like it was an overreaction yeah well I mean I mean Jokic himself was he just kept saying it is what it is is what and he was laughing so it's like I don't think he would be laughing over calling him a slur right you know what I mean so it's like any and and that, I think that's ridiculous anything that's not a slur. So if you say bitch, fucker, motherfucker, whatever, you say any of those things, like, dude, those are not ejectable words. And that's what Jalen Brown got ejected for last week. He called the, he said motherfucker to the ref, got a technical, and then proceeded to go to the bench, was still talking, and on the bench got teed up from across the court from the same ref. When there was a ref, he was talking to a different ref over here, and that same ref gave him a second tee and ejected him. And, and Jalen, after the game, good presser from him as well. He was like, yeah, man. He's like, I just honestly, I'm just mad I didn't get my money's worth. I always thought my first ejection would, I guess he's dreamt of it before, would come, you know, in a tussle or something. You know, would be tied make, up. Make it worth it, right? Again, yeah. Like if you're uh, one of those, uh, you know, the half-ass hits on on Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Uh, yeah, uh, you might as well fucking clean him out because it's going to get called either way. Um, yeah, so it's, same thing. It's yeah. the same. Yeah, same mentality. But yeah, uh, Jokic with a funny line after. Uh, he said, I'm just glad this game wasn't played in Serbia. He's like, I, I don't I, know what would have happened I, there. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they would have reacted. And he's, he says it with this big grin on his face. It's funny from Jokic because he's like, you could just tell he's like the, un, he's, he's he's very understated. He doesn't like, he doesn't talk a lot of shit or anything like that. But um, so it's fu- it's funny when he kind of does and he takes a jab at least. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Uh, you know, from my experience with uh, Serbian people that seems to kind of be they seem that kind of like understated understated badass yeah, yeah. I, and which which is like the real badass right like it's, it's the quiet ones you got to look out for yeah. so um, Jokic is in that 2% of NBA players that I I don't think I'd win a fight against so um, but uh, read the room though Chicago come on Serbian night <laughs> on Serbian night right apparently yeah. Chicago like Jokic was talking about it after the game it's like a a uh, high percentage of Serbians. I think it's the second most. Uh, did we did we ever find what the, what I, the, the, I, I the highest Serbian no, population I, was? I couldn't, but uh, yeah, like you know, a lot of Serbians in in Chicago, which is interesting. So. Probably like Milwaukee or something, like some, somewhere Midwest. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, Chicago. So yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I just don't think any. Uh, I don't think any of those. Swe- if it's not a slur, I don't even think it should count as a swear on a on a on a field or a court. Like motherfuckers, not even a swear on, on the basketball court. Like, come on, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, I hate that. Even at the high school level, it's like, dude, I don't care. I, like when I was a coach, I'd be like, dude, or t- and teaching actually, I didn't care if kids swore in the classroom as long as it wasn't directed at somebody. But if you're just like, ah, fuck, I'm like I don't care. 
It's you know fun. what I mean? It's like, fun. don't do it around old ladies. Know the time and the place because yeah. that's actually a life skill, right? It's like you're not normal if you don't swear. I'm sorry. So, like, and I don't, I don't even trust you if you don't swear. Like, there's exceptions to every rule, but if you use like replacement words and you're like, ah, fooey, you know, fiddlesticks. Like, so like, you dude, don't trust Philip Rivers? No, because if that's the case, no. And anybody that wants ten kids, also. So, <laughs> um. But to your point about swearing, it's funny. Um, I just experienced this last week going to a practice. Um, you know, they're they're bumping music in there as I come in, and then they they take one look at me, and they're like, "Clean up the music," you know. And it's just like, I'm I'm not going to say anything. I don't care. Yeah, like, this is cool. Like I listen to this music when I'm not in this, you know, like, in oh, this oh, wrestling room. Adult, adult. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I freaking kids, whatever. Um, so uh, on to a uh, NBA player that uh, I do count in the ninety-eight percent that I could whoop his ass, uh, Draymond Green, who uh, who might be interested pretty soon. Actually, I don't know if he needs the money, um, but I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's long for the NBA. Uh, his podcast is doing well. Uh, he probably did it for the pod. Um, yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, now they have more time. Maybe maybe we can start a podcast feud. You know what I mean? And then maybe it'll lead to an actual podcast. Yeah, let's um, do it. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm not going to fight him. You can. So, oh, no, I'm a, that's fine. Will you be my hype man, though? Yeah. You, like, yeah can I, was, I can walk out with you? That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we got to pick a song. So, uh, yeah. I think I, I'm actually kind of like at the point where I'm formally challenging Green on Green. We can, we can do it. You know, we don't have to do it for our benefit. We can do, again, we can do it for charity. Like, I'm not threatening him. I'm just saying, like, I think I could win a fight against Draymond Green. And I'm basing that on he fell down swinging. He, like, he swung on somebody and he fell down. This shit's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, and I'm telling you, man, like, this uh, indefinite, like, I, I'm sensitive to mental health issues, you know, and everything like that. But, like, this indefinite suspension, it's like, oh, so he can get his head right and everything like that. It's like, like maybe he's just an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, he punched his teammate last year, and his, you know. I mean, maybe Jordan Poole deserved it. I don't know. It seems like Jordan Poole's a little bit of an asshole too, yeah. but um, so maybe that was just a case of two assholes found each other, but potentially. But when you're you've reached twenty ejections in your career, that no, says he's a lot losing about the be- yeah, he's losing the benefit of the doubt. But the, but here's the thing: uh, at least <sighs> I don't want to like call Draymond Green a man of action, but it's like. You know, Jordan Poole was just probably running his mouth a little bit too much, and he got punched. And like, and I and I support that. I support punching people when they run their mouths. But you know what I mean. Um, but he's obviously just he's gone too far. It's like like for me, it's like like does he have CTE from the three snaps that he took at Michigan State playing football? Like, what's going on here? Or does he just does he just not care? Does he not care because he knows Golden State's not a contender anymore? Is this a you know? You know, we talked about Latrell Sprewell a few weeks ago, right? Like, why did Latrell Sprewell choke PJ Carlissimo in a practice? Like, oh, they were one and fourteen. Interesting. Like, would that happen if they were ten and four? Probably not. You know, yeah, things get covered up when you're when you're winning. Yeah, a, and, and you and you and you check a, yourself a little bit when you're winning, but when you're not, cologne, right? I, I forget who said that. Winning, I think I, I, I think it's Barkley, but um, I don't know. It's a great, great analogy right? i mean he he uh, he's probably stealing it from somebody else too yeah. he, he probably just had an awesome high school basketball coach that used to say it. i don't know um but i thought it was barkley that it, you that know sounds right that you attribute it to um but yeah man I, I you know the nba is not being specific specific on how long he's going to be suspended and 
yeah, take take the time he might need to deal with the challenges he's facing. Look, man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dig too deep on it if he really is dealing with something. You know, everybody's got stuff going on, but I just. It's interesting, right? Because we're listen, man. I, like, let me let me put it. Let me just put it to you this way. I consider going to therapy all the time, and I keep putting it off. And I probably should do it because I don't want to take medication because sometimes it just fucks with your brain more, right? Yeah. But I could probably use therapy, and so I'll like I'll just say that you know, like I should probably consider it. I should, or I've been considering it, you know. But also because of other people I have in my life that have had mental health issues. Sometimes they use it to excuse their behavior, and that's not how it works. You right. know what I mean? You're still accountable for how you behave. It's the perfect excuse in 2023. Yeah. It, well, and Ben Simmons pulled the same shit, right? And it's like, oh, he's mental health issues. And I said, it's like, dude, like, I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to sympathize with a guy making $30 million for doing nothing like or, or more, right? I, I don't know what Simmons made last year. Got, he got all that paycheck. Like, sorry, it's kind of hard to sympathize, dude. Like, like there is a certain point where you still are going to be held accountable for the things that you do, and you can pay for all the therapy in the world. So, what the fuck? Like, yeah, not not saying this is the case with with this player, the mental health side of things, but there was the narrative, uh, kind of similar with the wording to John Morant, right? Who's about to come back from a his suspension next week? But uh, originally there was. Uh, <laughs> Adam Silver in the finals was like, we've made a decision, but I don't want to announce it. Remember that uh, yeah. that announcement, yeah. non-announcement? Um, you know, they didn't initially say the amount of games and stuff that would be, and then they obviously came to 25 games. Um, I don't know if you've caught any of the John Morant in civil court right now, but it's electric. No, no. Uh, the, his lawyer or the, the other person's lawyer, I'm not sure which, um, demonstrated how to check a basketball when playing one-on-one um, because it's uh, the case is about him uh, allegedly hitting a like a 17-year-old. It made the waves. They were playing one-on-one, the 17-year-old at John Morant's house. The 17-year-old allegedly threw a basketball in John Morant's face and then like John Morant tried to fight him allegedly. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're in civil court right now for that. But uh, <laughs> but it's just like the clips. What are coming, the, hang on. What? Are, okay, sorry. Go ahead. The I'll clips, like, just like he's like, yeah. Can you just can you explain how to check a basketball and like play one on one? This is like John Morant on John, the stand. John Morant, and then yes, and then yesterday a clip came out. Uh, it was definitely the other person's lawyer. Uh, they were like, "Are those diamonds real?" And he looks down. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm a millionaire." <laughs> 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 it was perfect. It was just it like it's like Michael Scott taking the stand. It's awesome. Please tell me that like this needs to be on court TV. Like, <laughs> so, like yeah, Judge Judy needs this. This is a this is a courtroom drama. No, no I, I want I want it all dramatized and I, like like that's a courtroom one that I actually want to watch. Not like yeah, fucking hillbilly killed his wife and we have to draw this out for a fucking hour. Something that you could have explained to me in five minutes. But, no, I want all the tapes. Yeah. But but my wife wants on, something on so she can nap. Like, like fucking no. I would I would watch this. Yeah, yeah. I would go to the courtroom. Like, for this. Can you can you explain to me how you check a basketball? It was like and a two minute. Clip. There's a fucking stenographer like that, like typing like, this all like, up. They're like, do you do a bounce pass or a chess pass? He goes, well, it really depends on the person. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about unwritten rules, right? <laughs> Jesus. Well, now it's written down. A stenographer has it on record 
So now, dude, you could you can be on a pick, you can be in a pickup basketball game now, and you can and you can cite a court case. Yeah, you can so re- like, refer like, to the according rules. to Morant versus blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. The diamonds one really sent me. Goes, yeah, yeah I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I I like I like the bringing the court precedent to uh to a pickup basketball game yeah. though that's that's the part that gets me. All right, um, so t- uh, from from un- unwritten rules to what might become another written rule in the NFL, like because you know there, there aren't enough. This is stupid. Like I, at the time, I was I was sort of sympathetic to Justin Jefferson. He lost the fumble out the back of the end zone, and I was like, "Yeah, it is a pretty steep penalty to lose the you know the, lose the fumble out the back of the end zone." And now and now it's a change of possession, and and so I was trying to be reasonable at the time because I was even worse back then, where I was just hard ass all the time, right? Yeah, so, I, I and, actually and, took and the other stance. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Were, you were actually the ones like, no, like yeah, that's that's it's, how it works. I feel like you lose like like right like just because. It goes out of bounds, like, okay. Like, if it was still in bounds, it's a 50-50 on whose ball it is. It's not off- automatically going to go back to the offense, right? That's kind of my frame of mind. Just have better ball security. Well, and again, like, and, and I think, like, when we talked about it at the time, this is Eagles-Vikings, so was that, like, week three? Um, when we talked about it at the time, we kind of came to the, you know, the resolution, like, well, you know, you get to just stick the ball out there, and that, and it's a touchdown, so that's the... There's a trade-off, right? Yeah. It's like as soon as you break the plane, it's a touchdown, and, and and you can and you can be as loose with it as you want, and you can just yeah, dive over the. It can you know, just you know a hair of the football can can break the exactly edge of the plane, and the, oh touchdown. So yeah, so if you like, if, if you need like a pubic's hair worth of of football crossing the goal line, breaking the plane, then yeah, there's a trade-off where like if you take that risk and you lose the ball, which is what one out of a hundred times, right? Yeah, so there is that trade-off. Yeah, you lose the ball, like like. And if and if you don't like the risk, then don't do it. Yeah, you just you just run it in. And so I've I've actually I've come back around on that. Uh, Like I like I was I think I was going I was trying too hard to be reasonable back then because I knew I was so anti offense that I was like oh I'll 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 give them something. But no, fuck that. You're definitely anti offense at times. I you know I'm not running from that, but uh, I I don't think that's the stance you need to take right there. Yeah, and I've gotten I've gotten better. You have gotten better. So. but speaking of Goodell, you know, he comes out and says, you know, I don't want I don't want to get too deep into this, the Mahomes thing, but I but I do have to mention it. He said he comes out and he says they got the call right in the Chiefs game, referring to Kadarius Tony offsides. It's like, dude, yeah. like, yeah, no shit. We know we got the call right. And again, like putting me in the weird position of agreeing with Patrick Mahomes, it's like we're saying it's inconsistent. Because how many times have you and I watched games and I'm like, yep, he's in the neutral zone. Yep, he's in the neutral zone. All the fucking time. And they just don't call it. And it doesn't make there's two side judges. How do they not see it? Right. And how do they not call it? And you've opened my eyes to that a lot. It, you know, between that and then and then Vaughn Miller, two plays later after the Kadarius Tony play, it pretty it looks like he lines up offsides. And you know why you, you can't tell he's offsides? Because the tackles are in the fucking backfield. Like there's a lot of dumb people online that are pointing to like a million times where guys guy's uh, toe is on the imaginary blue line. Right, which isn't real. (laughs) Which is not real. And the ball is the measuring stick. So in this instance, I'm talking about where Miller might have jumped. He also might not have. He might have been just before, you know, it looked like he did to me, but it's hard to say. He's definitely over the blue line, but that's not what matters. Because the center picks up the ball, he moves it back a little bit, and 
like the players need a visual, mm. you know, marker to go by. So it's the football, not some imaginary line that they can't see. So if everyone making that argument, you're dumb. Like, it's just like, I understand fandom. I know you get fired up for your team and everything like that. And it's because you and I have been fans for a long time that we can, we can see the other side of it. Right. It's just like, slow down a little bit. Think about it. Like, imagine you were on the other side. Okay. And just, just be a normal human being about it instead of like, like if, it, if, if the tables were turned, how would you feel about it? Right. Consider that, you know, kind of just a good uh, philosophy for life. Right. So anyway, my point being no shit, Goodell, no shit that the call was right. We're saying you guys are too inconsistent, like wildly inconsistent with the things that you call when you call them. For some reason you call a game one way for 58 minutes and then in the final two minutes of a game, now it's a foul because what? Because everyone's eyes are on it. It's like, no, just call it the same way the whole game. And obviously, like for me, I say the rule book gets a little looser in the final two minutes, not tighter. Like, it, like, like if anything, yeah, you that, let I, the players decide the game in the final two minutes. Yeah. As Patrick Mahomes is saying, ironically, again, but. Yeah, I think we we differ on that, which is well known. I I, I do think it should kind of stay the same no of course it of course it should stay the same i'm just saying if it's going to be one or the other you definitely don't call it tighter yeah and and let me give you this scenario if it's ticky tack all game i i don't really want it to be ticky tack in the last two minutes that's the one area where i'll stray from it yeah but if it's ultimately we me you and patrick mahomes i'll agree on we want we we want the players to decide the game now does patrick mahomes believe that when he's playing the jets and uh and sauce gardner gets called for a ticky tack hold that basically decides the game and then he goes on radio next day and talks about it (laughs) but when it affects his team and again like i understand being upset five minutes after you know what i mean you know again dick moved to not you know to say he he shook josh allen's hand but he was but he was a dick about that you know, what, 30, 45 minutes after the game and still saying that? Like, that's ridiculous, man. So this is, a, again, talk about a love-hate guy, right? Like, I, like, I've had a lot of issues with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was the one that came out said, like, like, as the rules are starting to change, and he was like, yeah, I think it was either the Bears or the Vikings where there was a call um, a call where he got hit, and Aaron Rodgers was like, I'd rather just play football, man. Like he was like, yeah, you know, like he, he didn't go too far because he didn't want to like get, he didn't want to get fined, but he was saying like, yeah, like, like it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous call. And then like, sure enough, I think it was like the next week, Clay Matthews got called for one. And then, then he was starting to get really pissed, you know, but Roger, but to Roger's credit, he, he, he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm here to play football. Right. Um, so have a little bit of integrity, uh, Mr. Mahomes. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And speaking of consistency, Apparently Mahomes is going to avoid a fine for this. Yeah, that's And that's, I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that say like if it's egregious you can't be open season on the refs after the game. But they they have been they've definitely gone after guys for, just for saying I don't know, you know, yeah, I don't agree with the call. I think that's a shitty call, whatever. You know what I mean? Like like they, they've been very tough on players yeah. criticizing officials. But because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do it. Yeah, that's not right. I mean, like, we're not trying to take money out of their pockets, but it's, it is bullshit that, okay, if it was, let's just say, Tua Tukavailoa, he's probably getting fined there. Yeah. 
if it's Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, they're probably getting fined there. Like that's not cool <laughs> at all. So it's like like so why not? Why didn't they get because you want this to go away? Because to me, you made it worse because you just you just you just validated the inconsistency. Right. Yeah, which which might be it might be decided by a different person. Discipline is what John Runyon or whatever. I don't know. Like he does the suspensions. Does he do the fines too? I don't know. Like, but it's like whether you agree with it, whether you think it was warranted or not. Because this one got ambiguous, right? Because it was like, oh yeah, they don't usually make that call. So are they like letting it slide because it's like, yeah, they don't usually make that call well, again. But he also they, called out last week, the the week prior's um, week prior officiating like he was like i didn't say anything i didn't last say anything week. about it last week so right he, you know which everyone knew i mean it's not like he i think that should be allowed to be said but like you have to take that into account he's like okay now i'm gonna go back and shit on last week's officiating yeah. too you know so. totally which again he benefited more from like again pass interference would have been a huge call in that situation but he benefited plenty from bad officiating in those final two minutes too um anyway just again inconsistency from the nfl and I mean, it's basically it's the it's the crux of competition is that everybody be on the same playing you know on the level playing field, right? Um, you know, we talk about equity and equality in this society and everything like that's that's what it's supposed to be on a, on the sporting you know in competition, right? Everyone's supposed to have the same set of rules, and and they don't, and that it like so when you know. People, people get mad at me like on social media. Like, like, why are you crying about this? Crying about that? Like, they, they use crying a lot. It's like, dude, I'm not crying. I, it's, it's a sports website. We talk about sports. You know, I call out inconsistencies. I call out, you know, um, incongruity in, and unfairness. That's, you know, that's what we do with sports sometimes, you know? Sometimes we just recognize great plays. Sometimes we pick on bad plays. Some, but, yeah, we – you know, part of it is analyzing, like, are the officials doing their job? I don't know, man. Like, when it comes to the officials, again, they're not, they're not full-time employees. I, I'm getting to the point where I wouldn't rule out, like, some sort of conspiracy to be bad on purpose so, to, like, force the NFL's hand. It's like, eh, if they're not going to fucking pay us, like, let's just, you know, like. Just clock in and clock out. Well, because they're getting to the point. Um, you know, and I've heard other takes on it. I think they had, maybe they had Pereira or one of the NFL officiating guys on, uh, mad dog radio. And, uh, and they were talking about it. Like a lot of these guys are, are pretty young and they're not, and you're not, and they're not getting them from the best pool of talent anymore because the sec and the big 10 refs are getting paid basically as well as the NFL. So they're like pulling them from like the Sun Belt, where it's like not like the stakes aren't as high. You know what I mean? I'd rather be an NFL ref than an SEC ref because I feel like the death threats are a lot less. Yeah, probably, right? No, they hundred percent. I like I have not done the research. I would wager a lot of money that death threats from four F SEC officials are probably three times that of NFL. And I think I'm being generous by saying three times. Um, again, we need a research guy. Yeah. Or gal. Or gal. We we need a research person though. Um <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's get off that one. Um, we talked, we, we talked at length about Mahomes last week. So I, but I did say, I wanted to come back to this when it comes to, I don't, I don't want to hear about bad quarterback play anymore or, the, or that being the reason that you're going to protect quarterbacks. Um, you know, quarterbacks are the face of the league, this or that I've already made my case. You, 
you wouldn't know who the fuck Brady was. You wouldn't know who Kurt Warner was if somebody ahead of them didn't get hurt. That's my take. And now we've got a bunch of guys that have stepped up into starting roles that weren't weren't starters at the beginning of the year that are doing it capably or in some you know, some instances doing it better than the guy that the, that went down in front of them. So you got Browning in Cincinnati. You've got Flacco in Cleveland, kind of the exception here. He's he's not a young one. Um you got Tommy DeVito in New York, uh, you know, like even though his his uh the panning to his family is probably getting more annoying than Taylor Swift at this point. But it is kind of fun at at times, I guess. At least, you know, at least it's not a celebrity. I don't know. Um I love it. I I need more of it personally. <laughs> I mean the the agent- Show me the cutlets. Keep showing me the cutlets being handed out in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, I I love the celebration. I give me it the agent. Yeah, the agent North Shore King, you know. <laughs> Grew up, grew up near me, I guess, and uh, yeah, I mean, just just playing a role. Like, give me a thirty for thirty on on the situation right now. Well, especially if he keeps playing as he has been, because he had a good day against Green Bay. Um, so, Devito, uh, Tyson Bajant had a little moment in the sun. He after after having one good game, he even got like a whole feature before Sunday Night Football, and then proceeded to actually he didn't even play that poorly that night, but the Bears did, and. Um, Gardner Minshew, again, a little bit older. You know, he's been around for a little while, but uh, he's playing better than Richardson was, right? Um, talk about another bad take, my my offensive rookie of the year pick. <laughs> um, talk about another bad take. I didn't think Will Levis was going to succeed. Um, you know, the book's still out. I mean, we were just we were just talking about like what happens when there's expectations because these are te- some of these teams are teams playing with house money, right? Um, but yeah, so Will Levis. Dobbs for a little while, obviously, um, he was half of the off, you know, one of the most offensively futile games in NFL history last week against the Raiders. And then Aiden O'Connell, who, who the hell knows, because he was the other half of that. Um, but that, that I just named you eight quarterbacks and then that's not even to include, um, you know, I I guess I shouldn't really include like Bailey Zappi. Um, but basically quarterback play period hasn't been great this year and so these uh, like some of these backups have kind of been playing on the same level as a, as a lot of starters I don't think you need to go to these excessive levels of protecting quarterbacks uh, um, I get your point I don't think the quarterbacks you just named are really a great example Flacco right wasn't like a backup he was he just came in off the street yes he's replaced well yeah but there's a reason he was on the street he wasn't. He wasn't even on a roster, Mike. He was. He was, They. They had him on the practice squad until they just signed him this year, no, or this week. Excuse me. I got you. But these other like uh, Browning, I'm okay. Could be. Could be something. No, I. I would. And, and, and like a lot of these guys, like I think it's a lot of unfortunately what we just saw with Joshua Dobbs. I think it's like I said earlier in the show. I think it's going to be two to three weeks. Like. Uh, okay, this is cute. Like they don't defenses don't necessarily know how to scheme with it. Um, like, do I believe in Devito beyond this season? No. Do I believe in Devito for the rest of the season? Maybe, maybe. But I, like beyond this season, it's not going to work out. It's just, it's just not. Um, I know, but okay, but like let's O'Connell, same thing. If you if you stack these guys up against. Geno Smith, Kyler Murray, um, taking Kyler over any of these Desmond guys. Ritter, um, Desmond Ritter. Mm, but, yeah, I mean he could. Yeah, yeah. Court, I guess 
I'm you, saying there's a lot of quarterbacks that have survived the whole year, or whatever. You know, Bryce Young, um, you know, Derek Carr, right? Yeah, like, say, ask a Saint fan about Derek Carr right now. They they want Taysom Hill in there, or they want Jameis. Like they they do not want Derek Carr in there. I'm and just saying, just there hurts. aren't the, the the list is short. The list is short of quarterbacks where you're like, if they if that guy goes down, I mean. Patrick Mahomes is still regarded as the best quarterback in the NFL by by a lot of people, and he hasn't played that well. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I just, I'm just saying, you know, Jared Goff. Like, are there are there other guys in the NFL with the proper? To me, I guess part of this comes back to I think it's culture and coaching, and and it's it's just it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the NFL, and they just need like we don't need to go any further with protecting quarterbacks. They've already gone too far. I got you there. Hitting a quarterback in the knees and all those, like, dude, listen, it's too far. Listen, I love bad quarterback play too. Like, I like it's fun to watch bad quarterback play uh, for short periods of time, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, I mean, it's like it's for not, like, but for for the whole season, it's not. But like for two weeks, I think it's I think it's fun. You got two bad quarterbacks. Like, I was excited to watch <laughs> this game tonight uh, until it didn't really pan out the way we thought. But. No, no, but. Um, it's cool to see a different guy in there and, you know, learn <laughs> their crazy backstory about going to FCS school or, you know, walking on at Purdue and being behind eight other people and then getting a chance. Like, like those are cool nuggets to hear and stuff like that. And then, like, I get, for me personally, I see him for a couple of weeks and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, good, I'm good now. Like, I, like I'll, I'll see you in, like, three years when you spot start a game, but... Um, okay, but Mike, for me, he, like they're never gonna pan out long term, or most like there's always an exception to the rule. But well, okay, not. and I'm and I'm saying, let's say two out of these eight pan out. Is that really? It, it, I mean, first of all, is that that hard to believe? And second of all, is that really much different than the than the rate, hit rate the, than like the hit rate of a of a first pick? round pick? No, it's not that different. Um, Joe Flacco will work out. That's the one I'm most confident in. Uh, but I mean, he's obviously not the long-term solution. They they have Deshaun Watson, and he's thirty-eight, and Flacco's thirty-eight. So again, that's that's kind of the weird one. Um, you had mentioned Will Levis. I I don't think Will Levis works out long-term, unfortunately. I mean, can, like, can he be Ryan Tannehill, like a a slightly better version of Ryan Tannehill? Yes, like he can do that. But like, I guess wh- where's the ceiling here? Are we talking like? top 10 quarterback in the league in the next year like is that the expectation for is that what you're asking me about two out of these eight i mean i mean maybe maybe not because i don't think there's a lot of there's not a lot of quarterbacks about to retire right like like when you look at it like most quarterbacks top half are you saying top half for will Will levis with a uh you know he could flirt with top half will levis could flirt with top half especially with how bad quarterback play has been this year um yeah, I mean, I th- I think so, and I, I, I I'm not that. ready. To, I'm not really ready to rule out at all. Like he, yeah, he has DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't really ha- like Derrick Henry's not really feared anymore. And he came back and and beat the Dolphins in Miami. I mean, that's that gamer, is something. Gamer, if nothing else. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from Will Levis. Um, and, and you know, you know what I also notice is again, like I said, that speaks to me that he was yelling at DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline, and nobody was like, and nobody was checking him. Yeah. And then after the game. Uh, what's the t- the Titans' other running back came up to him and like he Tajay fucking loves Spears, him. Tajay yeah. Spears fucking loves him. Rookie, so both rookies, I think there's something there. But, okay, but, sure, but I'm saying and that's not take away anything. Uh, 
it kind of speaks to me like he seems like a guy they might want to play for. So, like, of course the book is still out. I don't know. But, yeah, like, and I, I'm not saying he's one of those two, but I think two out of these eight might pan. I mean, you know, Dobbs. I mean, the book's already well, out well, on Gardner well, Minshew, too, right? Like, he's, I think this is Gardner Minshew's ceiling. Well, and it's also interesting, right? I mean, we have we have Minshew going against Browning this week. Yeah. In a battle of seven and six teams playoff atmosphere with with backup quarterbacks right um i don't know i mean i i just again it's not that different from the hit rate on starting quarterbacks right now again this just goes back to my draft philosophy thing too where you can find a quarterback later on and and i don't even think you want the first overall pick i don't want caleb williams i don't want drake may um you know <laughs> I'm, i might be talking about yeah you Jayden know Daniels. Jaden daniels right um, if he's, you know, if he drops down to 10, 12 in that, in that, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes range where those two, two, those two can guys I, were taken. Can I give you Patriots porn for a second? I saw a mock draft that had, uh, the Patriots getting Marvin Harrison at three and then trading up to 13, I believe and taking Jane Daniels. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Patriots would never, but oh my goodness. I mean, no, they, for neither, for neither position, especially only a few years removed from taking Mac Jones. No way. Um, so these are all guys though. Like, uh, let's see, are any of these guys Flacco was a first round pick, but a billion years ago, um, the rest of these guys, yeah, Levis almost was, but you know, Levis was a second round pick famously. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the exact opposite <laughs> guy that had gobs of potential and had one MVP season and didn't really do a whole lot else in Cam Newton. Uh, I am not a fan. And uh, I think you can, you know, he's just not my kind of guy, you know. Um, I think he's a tool, and he and he he came out and uh, talked a lot of shit about four quarterbacks that are better than him, that have that have already accomplished more than he has, uh, saying that Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, um, hang on, let me uh, let me pull it up. It was it was Prescott, it was Purdy, and Jared Goff and Tua. They're all. He called them all game managers, which is kind of a dirty word. Um, to be fair, and, uh, to be fair, I said at the beginning of the season we, that Brock both, Purdy was a game we, manager. I think we both did. No, we did at the beginning of the season when we had every reason to believe that at that time. Now, dude, that throw that Purdy had to Christian McCaffrey—that's not a game manager throw. I'm sorry. Like, no, it's not. Um, you know the one I'm talking about—the wheel route. I do. I do. Yeah, before he. he cut to the sideline essentially like i'm actually really tired of this take with brock purdy um he had a few rough weeks with you know two big pieces of his offense gone do i think brock purdy's like the most do i think he's the most talented quarterback no but he is perfect for that system i am i have no problem with brock purdy being in the mvp conversation like i said i think i'd give it to mccaffrey over here because this is especially because this is the year this is the year that a non-quarterback could win right um but I mean, to call Dak a, a game manager? Come on, man! Like, like has does Dak had issues? Like, is he, you know, has he not won big games? Sure, he's not a fucking game manager though. Tua tag Tua? No, Tua Tua makes mistakes. He turns the ball over sometimes, but he also makes big plays. Um, all of these are ridiculous. Even Jared to call Jared Goff a game manager is ridiculous. Jared Goff's gone over three hundred. Jared Goff like, used to be a game manager for, without a used doubt. to be. Yeah, well, no, like I mean, he was the definition, right? Yeah. It was like he was on a very short leash. Um, he's not that guy anymore. 
He is productive. You're like, not that guy, pal. It's like, so uh, Cam Newton is not that guy. He so he had he had one fantastic season, MVP caliber season. He dude past his tw- age twenty eight season, he never had another winning season. So it's, and he only had three in his career in the first little, place. It's a little unfair to, but we can't say that Brock Purdy is better than Cam Newton at this point because Brock Purdy's had one good year at this point, right? Obviously, his career is a lot shorter, but Cam Newton has an MVP. So we can't say that Brock Purdy is better than Cam Newton. That's that's where I get off the 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 train with you a little bit but i i don't think any of those four quarterbacks are game managers i 100 percent agree with you there uh okay i guess we can't say dude one mvp season i mean we talk about consistency all the time though and, and like do i have an axe to grind with cam newton because he's an asshole yeah um all i'm saying is, but, is let's uh let's rehash this in two years with with the brock purdy conversation that's all and I'm not. That's not Brock Purdy hate. That's not me saying that he's not going to do it. I just need to see it at least one more year before I say that he's better than Cam Newton. Michael's big on consistency, and that's okay. So I mean, I guess I can I can go with that. Sure, dude. Cam Newton had double digit interceptions every time he played a full season. Like like he never had that kind of season where where he was even his MVP season. Yeah, it was thirty-five and ten. It was and you know, and a fifty-nine point eight completion percentage. So basically, he was the MVP because he was a because he was a red zone threat to run it because he had ten rushing touchdowns that year too. Like I'm not I'm not even I'm not necessarily taking away from his greatness that season. Um, and to and again to be fair, his best target was was Greg Olson. You know, uh, Ted Ginn wasn't exactly a you know a terrifying outside threat. He was fast. Um, he was fast, but he wasn't. But, uh, but he, you know, but he wasn't. Talk about consistency. He did not have that with his hands, right? And that was probably Ted Ginn's best year, by the way. So, um, so Ginn did actually kind of give him something. Um, was it? Yeah, was it like Devin Funches? Funches was actually all right. Um, and I think Funches maybe that was Funches's rookie rookie year as well. So he, you know, they had some weapons. They had a great running game, by the way. Was um, that? Uh, that was the Jonathan Stewart yeah. and uh, D'Angelo Williams yeah, era. Yeah, the combo, yeah. Um, and so let's let's not discount. And they had a great offensive line at that time. It was but, like, I uh, mean, 45 touchdowns, nothing to scoff at either. No, but again, but it's one year and 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 playing, at a, playing an unsustainable version of football, which was proven to be true. Like, like he was going to get banged up. This is, again, this is why I say Jalen Hurts isn't going to last. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's the same thing. Um, and he's not even he's not even nearly as big as Cam Newton. He's strong, but he's not he's not as big as Cam Probably Newton. Squats more. But, um, again, that's uh, part of that's just being short too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts is a strong motherfucker, and he squats more than I ever have. Um, but I'm just saying, being short also you know factors into that. Um, Lower center of gravity and such. Yeah, I mean, don't get me. There are some big, tall dudes that squat a lot of weight, but like usually shorter guys have higher squats. That's just how it goes. Um, so from one tool to another, because I think Cam Newton's an absolute tool for saying what he said, and uh, this one has a little bit of a mitigating circumstance. But Deshaun Jackson wasn't happy about uh, the fact that there are Eagles still wearing number ten, as if Deshaun Jackson's number ten should be retired. <laughs> Which, which, so yeah, I deferred to you because um, you know I was kind of young when Deshaun Jackson was like really killing it, and then I got a little bit older as he you know 
towards the tail end of his career is when I really kind of cognitively remember like watching his his games and stuff. And I was like, oh, really cool player to watch, electric. But I was like, I, did, I didn't have an understanding for how impactful he was. And you want to you want to talk about impact? You know why I still have a prejudice against like against Tyree Kill and like like you can take away the deep threat. It's him. <laughs> Case it's in him point right there. Because no, because good teams with a pass rush will take away that guy, and so that like it's why to this day I still believe that. You know what I mean? Like, there's three things I remember about Deshaun Jackson. Two are very good, and one is very bad. <laughs> you know, other than his personality, which is also very bad. Um, so there's there's the there's the miracle at the Meadowlands too, which is one of the you know for any Eagles fan that's that's pretty high. That's always up there for a favorite memory. For a non-Eagles fan, that's, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's it's good stuff. It's, I was about to say we know what a pass rush can't take away is a punt return. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and just like I mean, how pissed off Tom Coughlin was. Oh God, it's amazing. It was great. Um, but uh, so there's that one. There's the Michael Vick game that Deshaun Jackson was a big part of. I think I think Vick's first uh, the f- first pass was against the Redskins. Um, it, first pass of the games, like an 80 yard touchdown. So Jackson yep. was a big part of that, yep. but that, but that is kind of the legacy with Jackson too, is that he was just a big play machine and Tyree kills more than that to be fair, much more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jackson, like didn't re- like he wasn't tough, you know, he always, he was always banged up. Um, and then the other thing that I, the bad thing that I remember about him that is just inexcusable is the dropping the ball before it was in the end zone. Like you were so fucking dumb, and even and even like to me, he even kind of ruined it by showboating like on his way into the end zone with the Giants things. Like, dude, just get into the fucking end zone and then shake your ass at him. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't need to. You don't need to run sideways. You I know, liked like it. I liked that. I think it's stupid. Like, like what if you don't see somebody? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What if he could have got fucked? Up. What if you? Yeah. What if you fucking trip? Like, I mean, like. Like I would have liked that too, just to let it be known. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, it was like it was a wet, rainy day. Like, what if you you slip and fall, you fucking lose the ball? I don't, so just fucking get in the end zone and then fucking you know go teabag all the Giants. That's fine, you know. I don't care. Um, just get in the fucking the end zone. So anyway, he we was on um, up in Adams with Kay Adams, and it was a little bit of a joke. She was kind of egging him on. He was kind of flirting with her, but he's like, yeah, you know, it kind of hurts, you know, watching Gardner Minshew and the Eagles punter wear number ten and. Then he listed off like a few players that have worn 10 since him. And it was like, there's a little bit of truth to this. Like he was smiling and kind of having fun with it, but it's like, he definitely thinks his, his number should be retired. And speaking as an Eagles fan, absolutely not. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, honestly, I don't know if I'd have an Eagles uh, receiver on that list at this point. Like, if you think about it, like none of the, I know AJ Brown, isn't going to get it for you. That, um, why is, why do you say that? It's just uh, upset about, the offense running through him and his uh him vocalizing that a little bit i mean no i, I mean aj a. brown's been been great and he's he's kind of like to you know 2.0 basically um to just wasn't around long enough he was good enough to be to have his mm-hmm. number retired if he hadn't been such an asshole and then you know hadn't gotten run out of town and uh just wanted to do sit-ups in his driveway man and, and if the <laughs> And if the Eagles coaching staff could actually make him, um, you know, A.J. Brown viable without abandoning the running game, then I'm all for it. Again, I don't hate receivers. I don't hate the passing game. I really don't. Um, I just hate when they dominate the conversation and, domin- and, and uh, you know, bully their quarterback. And, you know, like, and I don't think that's what's happening. I just think 
you know, and maybe there's a little bit too much of a narrative there. I don't know, but I'm not, you know, whatever. The point is Deshaun Jackson, he does not need his number retired. Absolutely not. He was not that good. Um, so anyway, I don't know. We we just uh, are we done with sports? We're we gonna get onto our bullshit now. Is that was that was going on? Yeah, yeah. I say we pick one, pick pick one of the two lists. That I, I say we do one uh, next episode, maybe. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Since we don't have a producer, you're the producer. That's is that <laughs> that's how we do. Um. So uh, yeah. Let, let's uh, let's do the songs then. Go Alrighty. Go for it, buddy. Christmas songs, everybody. Because uh, you know we're getting we're getting pretty close. Uh, one, this used to not be one for me. I'm gonna go rocking around the Christmas tree. Don't really love the chorus, but just like everything else in that song is is great. Like her voice. Fun fact about this: you know she was 13. Mm-hmm. Bren- Brenda Lee is 13 when she sings that. Doesn't it, doesn't it sound like an 80 year old woman singing that? Uh, to me, it sounds like an eighty. Yeah, woman. it sounds like an like I, I would go like middle aged would have been my guess. Yeah, not yeah. eighty is probably an exaggeration, but sounds like sixty five to me. I would, Thirteen would not be my guess. Yeah, crazy. Also, second fun fact with this, it's the number one song right now. I think t- I think it's trending on TikTok or something. And that as a that's why. But for the first time, it's the number one song. So good for her. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense for me. It, like, I mean, for me, Christmas songs, like, oh, it's always like, you know, tying them to a movie or a show, too. Like, that's usually a lot of times why yeah. I end up loving a song. So, um, for sure. So, I, so I obviously rocking around the Christmas tree comes back to Home Alone. So, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of songs, um, or, you know, with, with shows, um, my second one's going to be Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home, and a specific version. I'm going to go. The Rebecca Welton and Ted Lasso version. Oh, uh, that yeah. Uh, I've I've been powerful, singing, powerful, definitely. I, I've watched that episode. It's recency bias. Hand up, I'll admit. I watched that episode probably maybe two weeks ago, two weeks maybe last week. I've been singing that song nonstop ever since. It's such. <laughs> her voice is fantastic. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso does a good job with it too. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. And it's just a great scene, like you said. Um. And then I'm going to round out my top three with I'll Be Home for Christmas by Frank Sinatra. Uh, just love, love Frank Sinatra Christmas. Uh, I almost went Louis Armstrong here. Um, oh, which which one? Sorry. Uh, oh, he, he probably had like a whole Christmas album. Yeah, he had, a, he had an album, just like the covers, you know, like the, the main ones. But Frank Sinatra is just, yeah, it, I'll Be Home for Christmas, kind of sad, but you know, great, great song. Yeah, well, don't mess with a classic. I mean, it's it's Sinatra. What you know? Need I say more? Right. Exactly. Um. So as uh, as far as mine, so one at least no no particular order, but I have kind of have memories tied to all of them. Um. So uh, Trans Siberian or- Orchestra. Uh, um. You know, I don't even know what the hell the song's called, but the way, you know, like da na 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 na, and they like metalized a Christmas song, and that's you know, so that's pretty cool. But there's also like. It makes me think of the uh, you know the Burger King song. Oh, you know, yeah. oh I work at Burger King. <laughs> yeah, like uh, so. The first time I heard that, it was like exacerbated by the fact that I had just gotten out of boot camp. My sister and my mom came down to see me, uh, you know, graduate, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, we stayed in a hotel in Savannah, like you know, forty five minutes away uh, that night. So. I've had nothing but cafeteria food for three months, and so like we're gonna go fucking Burger King. So <laughs> and then. She played that as we were going through the drive-through, and so like 
uh, you're not allowed to smile at boot camp. Like, like you know, yeah. like yeah, you know, you end up getting punished with push-ups and all this stuff, right? So, um, so I wouldn't do well. So you're, not, you're not supposed to smile. You're not supposed to laugh, and that in turn makes everything funnier. Right. When something funny happens, and then like, and the, even drill instructors, they just have to like tip the hat down and walk away because they're not because they're not allowed to laugh or smile either. Um, so it was just ten times funnier. It's my first day as a as a quote unquote free man, um, and going through the Burger King drive through playing that song, and, and so um, so the three of us just laughing our asses off. It also makes me think of uh, I can't remember what episode it is of Family Guy, but it's like the um, Peter Griffin has a Christmas. Um, it's one of the cutaways, and Peter Griffin has a a cutaway of uh, uh, his Christmas special uh, compilation, and he's just singing da 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 da. Nah. Holy crap! Here comes Jesus, and he doesn't look too happy. So, so that, so that's, that's uh, so that song. I don't even know what the song's called. Uh, terrible job researching it for me, but um, that's why we need a research person. And then uh, number two is like uh, kind of all tied to my wife and our, you know, our little family, our pets, and everything. So um, Feliz Navidad and Donde Esta Santa Claus are both kind of tied to uh, my dog because we, uh, my wife buys like the little animated toys that dance and sing and everything like that. And, uh, so our last dog that we, that we lost last year, she, you know, years ago, she chewed one of the eyes out of one of them and we kept it, but like that toy always drove her nuts. And so, so we kept it and, um, oh, actually, no, that's not, that's not the song it sang. I just remembered that one was, um, uh, Ablo Americano, like that, you know what I'm talking about that one. So, uh, but yeah, so don't do Santa Claus is another toy that sings and dances. And then my wife just loves Dominic the donkey and dances eeyaw, to it every year. Eeyaw. Yeah, so so that so I never heard that until I worked retail. I never I and never then, heard it until she played it for me. I was like, I've never heard this song. Before. And then it played like, yeah, hundred fifty times that December. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god! It's like that's uh, what is it? Uh, the forty year old version where they're listening yeah, to this because yeah. I worked at Radio Shack and it was the same shit. It was like you're just listening to the same song every day and you just yeah we had like Sirius XM but you know it was you know a, a loop of 24 songs it's torture Christmas it's torture yeah. this is what I was telling you about Nashville like if you had to listen to the same 300 songs you're just gonna lose your fucking mind it's yeah. like it is torture it's it's a literal torture technique um and then number three grandma got run over by a reindeer which has special meaning because my mom was literally walking um her dog years ago and no bullshit a, a deer ran out of the woods and knocked her over. She's okay, right? So she, she, she's okay. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, so that that song just has extra meaning for me. And um, so there you go. So what that is life. our that is our Christmas songs. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of good ones. but um, And like I said, a lot of good ones tied to movies and such. But that's, you know, that's it for us today. Yeah, stay tuned for the the Christmas movies coming uh coming next episode. Yeah, we'll do we'll do Christmas movies next time. Um, but uh, and then we'll get onto our normal uh, end of show bullshit, which uh, which is it's important bullshit, and it's our uh, history history and holidays. Um, and of course, big holiday coming up. Um, last night of Hanukkah today, actually. Uh, so there's that. Um. Dude, I learned a lot about Hanukkah the last couple of days. I spoke with a rabbi yesterday. She was very nice. And then I spoke to like one How of her, cultured, one of her. Yeah, man. Like I, I was honest with both of them. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm be, you know, straight up with you. It's like I'm, I'm very religiously, or like I grew up like religiously cynical. You know what I mean? Like mm. I was just like I didn't like any of them. You know, but they're very cool people and uh, they got a good thing going. Um, and so yeah, like you know, I, I like I, I do feel, I do feel cultured. You know, like and I, I learned a little bit about the. 
Jewish community. It was, it was good stuff. They're really nice people. Um, so last day of Hanukkah, last night of Hanukkah tonight. Um, but you know, but we got to celebrate every day, Mike. Right? Yes, sir. So oh, there uh, you go. Yeah, menorah right there on uh, NBA TV. Sorry, continue. There we go. Oh, okay. Um, squirrel. Uh, all right. So December fifteenth is National Cupcake Day. I don't really uh, like. For me, cupcake like I, I, I equate that with. Uh, see, it all comes back to NCAA football, right? It's like if you want to build a team, you start as as cupcake. Remember? See, dude, I, I don't remember that terminology actually. If, if you were doing create a team, there were like different um, classes of team. Mm-hmm. Where you, you could have as a beginning roster. I never created and, a team. Uh, That's where I went. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, see, I would always so I would pick Middle Tennessee State or. Um, no, I did that too. Um, it was like UNLV one year. It was like Norfolk State. Um, UMass was the, was the last uh, year. UMass, UMass was really bad the last year. So you could start with them, but if you wanted to, um, I'm trying to think. I think it was like when I went to Norwich, I might have like replaced UMass with them. Nice. You know, because you had yeah. to replace a team, you had to pull somebody yeah. out, right? Um, and then of course, when I was at Framingham State, we had the Framingham State, and then see everybody else made like the the custom rosters. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? And, yeah, th- yeah. and then we were nasty. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a quarterback, 6'6", 280, and has like a 99 actually, our, throw our, power. Our quarterback actually did have like, you know, uh, NFL size. You know, he was like actually a big guy. Um, and then he, there was like an eligibility thing, and he wasn't able to play. It sucked because we would have been even better. We, we we went to the conference championship game and lost by one point, and with him, we would have just – we would have cleaned up on everybody. But anyway, glory days, right? Jesus Christ, dude. That was like – 13 years ago wow so that's what i think of when i think of cupcake though anybody that plays you know played ncaa back in the day and did custom team you'll know everyone remembers cupcake because you just started out with an absolute dog shit team and you had to you had to build up with yeah like i've you know i've heard the term in sports obviously schedule a cupcake you know especially in college football i feel like yeah so and that's that's exactly what it was you get it um Interesting. December fifteenth is Ugly Sweater Day, so it's like I, I guess it's your day to go out and buy your ugly sweater because it's like, you know, what I mean, ten days from the day you're gonna wear the ugly sweater, right? Um, yeah. ugly, ugly sweater competitions are an excellent uh, tradition, though. Yeah, I might wear like a low key ugly sweater into the office tomorrow to celebrate. Oh, okay, fantastic. So you mean today, then? Yeah, today. Okay. So all right. Well, I'll see you at the office then. Um. All right, uh, so as far as history, uh, this is a very history-rich time, uh, like the, the pre-Christmas weeks, apparently. Uh, so if, uh, very, a few really good ones. Uh, 2011, U.S. declares end of war in Iraq. That wasn't, like, totally true, but, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as mission accomplished on the, on the bridge of the, I can't remember what ship he was on when he said that, the Wisconsin, maybe. Um, I'm talking about W. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh no! Did I did I link to the wrong thing? I um, I think I did. Nope, nope. I got it. Never mind. Uh, also, in 1974, this is this is uh shows you how much times have changed, but also stayed the same. I got to read a little bit from this. So uh, so Catfish Hunter on December 15, 1974, he was ruled a free agent. He became the first free agent in modern baseball history. Um, so he he was with the A's. The arbitrator basically ruled that. Um, you know, the A's hadn't, you know, lived up to their end of the contract. And so, um, as, as history.com says, the arbitrator's decision left Hunter in limbo. 
I hung up the phone, turned to my wife and said, we don't belong to anybody. He, he said years later to the Los Angeles times, I was scared. I didn't have a job. I didn't realize the implications. <laughs> well, I'll say, um, you know, obviously without that happening, free, you know, it, it paves the way for free agency yeah. and uh, contracts like 10 years and $700 million. Yeah. I mean, just put that into perspective for a second here, less than 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. It was 49 years ago. Um, and now 10 years, 700 million for, for Shohei Otani. Uh, I mean, what, what was Soto? Soto was like, you know, 12 and 12 and over 400. Was it, uh, something like that. I mean, there, there's some, there's some crazy money being thrown around. He was signed by the Yankees for five years, 3.75 million. And he played five seasons in New York and won two world series. But, um, so that's a fun side of the story, but then there's the, the element of how things, um, you know, just kind of stay the same. So, uh, sorry, Finley, uh, what's his first name? The, uh, owner of the Charles Finley was the owner of the A's at the time and Finley. And it is, again, this is from history.com Finley, an innovative mind, but not universally liked by players had a simple philosophy when it came to running the A's. We run our club like a pawn shop. We buy, we sell, we trade <laughs> kind of fitting that, uh, they ended up in Vegas, huh? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, pawn shops everywhere. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, but the pawn stars shop actually total tourist trap. Don't bother. Oh, um, I know just, it's well, I wouldn't think of ever going there, but like, I just heard, but then you hear. might, because like, cause you'll see like on certain days, there's just like a line around the corner and then you go in there it's like, this is uh yeah, they're not here. And, um, and a lot of times they don't even film there. And, uh, and you, and if they are there, you're not even allowed to look back there or point your camera back there. Stop it's talking. Like, it's like, <laughs> sorry. Why do we do a podcast together? Super sorry. Because it's supposed the, to be the happy times. No, because the truth matters, dude. The truth matters. And I, I'm not even. Let saying me live I, in a world where I can believe in <laughs> pawn stars. Okay. I'm not even saying I blame them for it. I hate people too. Like I get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, 1791, December 15, 1791, was when the Bill of Rights was finally ratified. When uh, Virginia became the tenth state um, to agree to it. Uh, fun fact: There were actually twelve bills, uh, twelve uh, original, you know, amendments. Yeah, and they and they only uh, ratified ten and came up with that nice uh, round number. Um, kind of well, like you know, kind of like we decided to stop uh, turning territories into states at fifty. It was just like, yeah, we're at a nice round number. Let's let's stop there. I don't know. Um, uh, you know what? Imperialism sucks. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would actually take issue with saying that we decided against imperialism in 1912. Is that when that when Alaska or Hawaii became a state? I think it was Hawaii, yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, all right, moving on to December 16th. It's National Underdog Day. I mean, God. I mean, my favorite underdog is always going to be the, uh, the 1980 uh, men, you know, Olympic hockey team. Um, that's just the – I mean, it's the greatest sports underdog story yeah, of all time. Yeah, I can't time, go against right? that. That's, I'm not even going to give you – a different answer. I mean. um, all right, yeah, and again, uh, Al Michaels, who just got spurned by CBS for was it CBS or NBC? Or I think was, it's NBC. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's not going to be calling the playoff games. But you know what? He'll always have the greatest call of all time. And he had the, a little bit more pep in his step, so maybe you know a little adversity for him, you know, is a good thing. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, you think it maybe woke woke him up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's also a National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. 
Um, I don't know if this counts. I, I like, but they're only they only come around on Christmas time. Is those like kind of they have like an orange flavored, mm-hmm. and their orange slices chocolate like that. Those are pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this just made me think of a chocolate fountain, which I haven't like uh, been around in a while, and I need to be around one like, fairly soon. Maybe maybe Jordan will have one at the Christmas party. Probably not. A little messy, I feel like for. I know, so it's just like it's, it's like a fan. You got to be somewhere fancy for yeah, one of those. Yeah, like a nice brunch. Yeah. Which yeah, it did. sounds weird, but yeah, like a nice brunch might have that. I can't remember. What I, dude, I don't even know if, I, like, if I've been somewhere with a chocolate fountain. How <laughs> okay. did I, you know what we'll, I mean? We'll go someday. Yeah. I'll find one. Someday. I'll, maybe I'll buy one. That's like, that's the goal, right? Like for sellout sports to get invited to a chocolate fountain event, right? Yeah. You know, in addition yeah, to not, the, not a black tie event. I need yeah. a chocolate fountain event. And then the sex and coke party later. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Uh, all right, 1773 Boston Tea Party. I mean, need, need we say more? You know, you know, one of the last events that really led up to the American Revolution, America. Um, and then 200 years later, O.J. Simpson rushes for 2,000 yards in 14 games. Man, we looked over the uh, the distribution. Uh, was it three games over 200 yards? Yeah, two against the Patriots. Um, First only and last week of the year. Only one game you would qualify as pedestrian because of 14 carries for 55 yards. I mean, it was a hell of a season. It's just interesting to me because it's like you don't really see OJ film because of everything that's happened. But like, I mean, 14 games, 2,000 yards. It's wild. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, you know, you don't you don't have to appreciate the man to appreciate the season. Um, there are a lot of bad people out there that have been good football players, and uh, or you know, in lots of professions. I mean, Joss Whedon is a is a very uh, respected you know fiction writer. Um, you know, by a lot of uh, actresses' accounts, he's a total creep. But guess what? He's a good writer. So you don't have to like him to like his work. I, I guess is the is the point. And you don't have to like me to like my work. I'm a I'm a fantastic journalist. So I'm a total piece of shit. So, like, you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't even say fantastic journalist. Just fa- I'm, I am a fantastic writer. I will give myself that. You are. Yeah. Um, You're a fantastic journalist. Don't. No, don't no. Like, dude, to be a fantastic journalist, you, I, like to me, I feel like you got to do like dangerous shit, or you got to like look into something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for the most part, I've only reported on stories that people like where the people wanted to talk to me. That's not hard. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So see, see what I mean? Um, yeah, you suck. Never mind. Um, for instance, I wasn't there at the Battle of the Bulge, which also happened, started on December 16th. Talk about underdog stories. Um, I think it'd be tough for you to be there considering it happened in 1944. Uh, yeah, but it, like I wasn't like at any real battle, you know what I mean? Like, so it, um, I don't know. I, I guess after watching Generation Kill, I just kind of want to be like an embedded reporter. Like, I'd still on that kick, huh? I guess, man. I don't know. Um, but. Anyway, this isn't about me. It's about the Battle of the Bulge. Um, and Band of Brothers is... Uh, I, I, I just recently watched The Pacific, too. And, uh, you know, so I'll probably get shouted down, you know, by fellow Marines. But but uh, Band of Brothers is way better. Um, it was... I don't know. I, I can't yeah, really... You've spoken highly about that movie a few times. Now, yeah. So I definitely got to watch it. Um, well, it's a miniseries, so you got to commit oh, oh, a little bit. Um, I, th- I think it's all like... It's seven episodes all over an hour. Um, that ain't nothing for me. I love, I love military. I would production. Honestly, dude, if you're gonna watch, if you're gonna commit to something like that, watch Generation Kill because everything I've told you about being a Marine, these are Marines that are way cooler than me. They're recon Marines, but 
I've never seen a show that encapsulates what it's like to be in the military and to be a Marine better than that. Generation Kill and Any Given Sunday on it. Any Given Sunday. And, band, and definitely watch Band of Brothers. It's excellent. I just I, I can't speak it's third to... third on my list now. Sorry. So, it's going to take a while. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, please watch Any Given Sunday first because like, I feel like you'll understand me better. <laughs> um, December 17th, National Maple Syrup Day. Um, so, you know... Yay, Vermont. Woo, woo, woo Vermont. Um, like I said, guys, this is a this is just a huge uh, period for history. So, 1903, that's uh, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. The the uh, the Wright brothers first air first controlled flight, propelled flight. Um, and just imagine what a different world we'd be in without those guys, without without the without breaking down that barrier. We'd have to have more trains. Um, I mean, Sandbox News is, you know, built on aviation. You know, it's like, I mean, there's, there's a lot more True. to Sandbox, but Alex, you know, it's it's Alex with his aviation stuff. He's it's the like, aviation whiz. You know what I mean? So um, that is, that uh, is everyone true. go check out Sandbox News, our our, uh, our other employer. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, and then in 1979, I, with a vehicle that I don't understand how it doesn't fly, uh, stuntman Stan Barrett, uh, broke the sound barrier on land. Now, I my guess, brain can't comprehend that. No, he was so he was going uh, somewhere in the area of like 736 miles an hour, and he doesn't even get official credit for it because apparently you have to do it twice to get an official record. And like um, 700, you said 37 or, or whatever you said, over 700. Like funny cars, if if you guys know what those are. If their downforce gets fucked up, they fly. <laughs> and yeah, they have, they literally have a parachute on their back. Uh, those go 350. So, so we're, 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 yeah, we're talking more than double that. And the other thing is, it's like, what, like, did, did he get credit for, maybe he didn't get credit for the speed. He must've get, gotten credit for breaking the sound beer, barrier though, because there's tangible evidence of that, right? right? Like there's a sound. Um, uh, the, the record was, uh, the current record is like, it was in 1997 and it's like 763 miles an hour. Um, these cars are insane too. Like they're basically just a jet engine with room for a person, or two jet engines with a room for a person. They must be really heavy too. It's got to be. They right? have to be because they don't even look like they're really designed for downforce. Because you, if you're trying to break the sound barrier, like you, you can't have anything creating drag. So they must be just like pure steel. Like they just must be really heavy. I don't know. I, I gotta look into this more because I'm fascinated. Um, like you said, it's mind blowing. Um, I can't even comprehend. Um. All right, and December 18th, answer the telephone like Buddy the Elf Day. Um, shit, what's the 18th? Because I'm going to do this if somebody it's, calls uh, me. It's Monday. Okay, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> it's just fun to say. It is. Um, uh, Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Not dude, not relevant, you know, kind of relevant, but just an all-time dude, No, it was funny. At uh, at the gym, they had on the chalkboard, that they, they had, for some reason, at Anytime Fitness here in Bennington, they had, they, somebody's a really good artist, and they had on the chalkboard, and it was, uh, instead, it was like, bye, buddy. I hope you find your gains. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and now they have a new one up. It's um, like with a, with Grinch and Cindy Lou Who. But yeah, good, good artist over there at Anytime Fitness. Um, also December 18th, wear a plunger on your head day. And, uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. So like, I, I put that on there because like, if, if you come across somebody in your, in your travels on Monday that has a plunger on their head, do not call like for, for help. Like they're okay. Yeah. They're just celebrating. So yeah, it's true. Cause I would have called somebody if I didn't know that. But now there's no, now there's no reason for concern. Nope. Just go on with your day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carry on. Normal person. Just um, with a plunger on their head. <laughs> 
hopefully a brand new one. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, hopefully. Um, sixteen twenty, the the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock on December eighteenth. Um, so not you know, and then uh, and that's why Massachusetts is still pretty lame when it comes to a lot of their laws to this day. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's just like it's all based in that, right? Like they've just stayed puritanical. Like is it? Is this still like no selling liquor after a certain hour or something like that? Like I'm not sure. I think I think it might be. They have some lame, goofy rules that they actually follow. It's it's weird. Like some states have like weird laws but and just not but enforced. they're not enforced. Like it's actually like ab- abided by in Massachusetts. Like what the fuck are you guys doing down there? Um. Anyway. Uh. And 1932. Uh, you know, don't, don't let anybody tell you that they were tougher back in, you know, back in those days when it comes to football. Um, okay. I'm full of shit. They were, but, um, I mean, they were wearing leather helmets, right? But yeah, in 1932, uh, because of frigid temperatures in Chicago for the first NFL playoff game was played indoors. And, uh, can you get, can you give me any guess who the Chicago bears played that day? You're not, uh, you're, Green, Green Bay Packers. You're not going to get it. <laughs> it's it was the Portsmouth Ohio Spartans, and they beat the Spartans nine nothing in the in the NFL's first playoff game. Like I said, indoors they uh, instead of at Wrigley Field, they played at uh, Chicago Stadium, which was the home to I guess the Blackhawks at the time. Um, but yeah, like normal normally an ice rink, and they and they played the football game inside. I don't even know. I don't know how that works. I don't, did they have enough room? Uh, I don't know. This First might, arena game, I guess. Right? Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe more research needed there too. Could tackle them into the stands or something. Who knows? But with all of that being said, guys, uh, did we get it in under two, Mike? No, sir. No, sir. We did not. Two oh four. Are you serious? We're talkative. We're a talkative bunch. Wow. All right. Well, that is our show, everybody. Uh, thank you, Cat TV, for giving the equipment. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us run our sucks. We definitely we didn't think this one was going two hours, but it did. Um, and uh, just keep coming back. We appreciate you. It's only going to get better. Thank you, guys.